Free is a modern nicotine pouch brand with an emphasis on impact and quality. Free nicotine white pouches are not derived from tobacco and are made using tobacco-less premium-grade nicotine on the road or on the job. Feel free anywhere, anytime with our premium high-impact white pouches. Has nicotine ever gotten in the way of your daily life? I know for a fact there was a chunk of a time in my life, right before we had Georgia, where it really got in the way of my life, getting on an airplane. Oh, you didn't want to be the dude spitting in a bottle on an airplane and you can't smoke on an airplane. Well, now these come in nine and 12 milligram options higher than any other brand available in mint, mocha, flavorless options, lush flavors coming soon. Absolutely zero usage of tobacco. Other brands say non-tobacco or tobacco free, but they still extract the nicotine from a tobacco plant. Ours is synthetic and even safer. No irritants nitramines in the tobacco plant for under $5 per 10, 20 pouches per 10, no spit needed. That's what I love. An American company designed, managed, and distributed in the U.S., but not manufactured. Most other dip pouch brands are Swedish or British. Visit freepouch.com to go purchase some of their brand new products. You can use the discount code FREEBERT for 20% off for a limited time. Hey guys, brand new podcast. I'm 65 miles into my 2,000 miles for this year. And it's fucking killing me. <laughs> this is a big, big, big mistake. But you know what? I feel good. My weight's down. Uh, I feel fucking really good. I feel really good right now. So if you guys are going to do this with me, Michelle Wolf is definitely doing it. And she is saying it's going to be a tough one. But uh, if you guys want to do it, check out the, I think the the hashtag is Wolf Machine. <laughs> and by the way, I'm looking for artwork. If anyone wants to make any artwork, I want I might just make a very simple sleeveless uh, hoodie because I love sleeveless hoodies and just have Wolf and then Machine and then 2K. It's Wolf Machine 2K is a thing. Uh, I am in a funk, man. I am in a funk. I'm in a, I don't have depression, I guess, but like, I, so I don't know what that is. But just where your brain just shits on every idea you have. Like when you have an idea, your brain's like, that's stupid. Even when something good happens, your brain shoots it down. Well, they'll probably no one. Like, oh, hey, my TV show. <laughs> the Go Big Show is airing Thursday nights at 9 p.m. 8 central on TBS. It was a great week. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, I will pat myself on the back because I'm trying to think positively but it was the highest rated non-scripted show for TBS in three years. So people are liking it. I'm very happy that people are liking it. I love everything about this show. I love that I'm not all over it. Like I used to think when I host on shows on travel, I think this is what it is. If we're going to be very candid is with stand-up or with specials. I, I, uh, I know that that's stuff I can stand behind hundred percent. And when it comes to like game shows sometimes or being on like, traditional television you it just is puts me in an uneasy place but everyone's liking the show i'm really happy you guys are liking it it's a fun show snoop dogg me rosario dawson cody rhodes jennifer nettles thursday nights on tbs at nine o'clock eight central check it out um yeah i'm gonna fucking funk i'm gonna funk everything everything just i it, it's almost like uh my brain's looking for it 
And then I got shitty and I kind of was like in the man cave. And I, by the way, I would clean the man cave and I'm using the fuck out of the man cave right now. And I love it. We are trying guys. We are trying to get the new podcast studio situated. It is taking time because of COVID. I am fucking OCD about it. And I know there's a lot of you guys out there that like bird. It's the flu. I know that. I understand that. I get that. My brain isn't that kind of brain. My brain sees all the, you know, if it bleeds, it leads stories where they're like, uh, teacher 42, uh, COVID dead in the middle of the night. And that's all I see. That's all I see. And, and you never, I, I, all I can say in my head is you never know. So I know the one thing I can do is being controlled, but be safe. But that's what I think is fucking with my head is I'm sitting in my goddamn house 24 hours a day. My daughters are losing their shit, man. Wonder what effect this is going to have on our kids. I hope there's like a, a re-entry into, into society for my kids. Fuck. I mean, it's, it's, it's been tough, but it's not as tough as it's been for other people. So I'm trying to keep my head up and, and think positive. But just know that if you're listening to this podcast and you're um, where I am, I'll tell you what's getting me by. Uh, I'm not boozing. I have drank maybe four times since uh november 3rd november no november 30th um i drank the day before uh the day before we did two bears one cave live thank you for everyone who checked that out the day before that and then that day and then i think oh i went on vacation oh no i had a i had a i had a scotch with my dad i don't really count that as drinking though it was a really expensive scotch and i i was like fuck i'm not gonna not share a scotch and a cigar with my dad. I'll, I'll fucking. So that is what I haven't been doing is boozing. But then what I have been doing is listening to this podcast called the real dictators. I'm obsessed with it. Now I'm obsessed with history. I'm going to do, you know, everyone knows I'm doing Winston Churchill day, January 24th, uh, that morning. I don't know how I can celebrate it with other people. I might just do a live stream, uh, just do like a, a room where everyone can come in and enjoy the morning with me that morning. My wife's going to wake me up with a full English breakfast, some juice, some water, a scotch and a cigar. And I'm going to have it in my bed January 24th. I think I'm going to drink January 23rd. So that's Conor McGregor fight. Um, but I don't really have anything to drink for. Like I'm sitting at home with my kids. So what the fuck am I going to drink by myself? Yeah, that's what I normally do, but I'm not, I'm just running like fucking crazy. Uh, and I've been listening. And so now the thing I'm obsessed with is history. That's been like relaxing me is like listening to history, and especially with what's going on in our country. It's kind of listen. It's kind of curious. It's kind of interesting to listen to uh, uprisings and like revolutions and people overthrowing monarchies. It's I- I'm obsessed with Czar uh, Nicholas. Czar Nicholas was the one who. Lenin overthrew. I'm listening to this book called The War That The War That Ended Peace. It's about the World War One. I. I got obsessed with World War II because of fucking Bill Burr. New episode of Bill Burr out. New episode of Two Bears One Cave. I got obsessed with Bill Bill Burr turned me on to World War II. Fucking Flyboys is an amazing book. And now I'm reading uh The World That End The War That Ended Peace. And it's fucking good. There's also a podcast that I, I'm obsessed with, Daniel Bellelli's podcast fire history what is it fire history daniel bellelli i'm gonna try i'm gonna try to get him on the podcast i'm I'm reaching out some historians i might just release some extra episodes or just some episodes with history in it because i'm obsessed there's people i'm obsessed with winston churchill teddy roosevelt um anyway 
History on Fire is the name of his podcast. History on Fire. What did I call it? Fire History. Fire His History on Fire with Daniel Daniel Bellelli. I think I'm saying his name right. He's got the fucking most interesting accent. Anyway, that's where my head is. Uh, I hope you guys are doing well. I keep look. I keep putting out the podcast so that you guys got something to listen to when you're in bed. Because I know for a fact, fucking real dictators. I wish they would speed the fuck up and put out some new ones. Fucking everyone, every history podcast comes out like once every three months. Put out, guys, speed up your fucking output. Anyway, let's get to the podcast. Today's podcast, it's with Adam Ray. Adam Ray is a stand-up comedian and actor. He has been in a lot of movies, a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows. He's got a great podcast called About Last Night with Adam Ray. It's awesome. He's got a new album called the Crowd Work Album. I'll take it from here. It's all crowd work. It's fucking awesome. But most importantly, February 5th at 7 p.m. Pacific time, Adam Ray and friends are uh, doing a benefit for the Seattle Food Bank. It's Adam Ray, Dana Carvey, uh, Joel McHale, Sue Bird, Thomas Lennon, Eliza Schlesinger, Ron Funches, Adam Devine, and Joey McIntyre. Fucking Joey McIntyre. Holy shit. All proceeds go to the Seattle Food Bank. It is February 5th at 7 p.m. You can get tickets at, at rushticks.com. That's R-U-S-H-T-I-X.com. Did I spell that right? My brain's a little fried. Anyway, it's a great podcast. I think you're going to really enjoy it. We laugh a lot. By the way, I will say, just so you know, I was not great on this podcast. At the very beginning, I talked a lot about myself. And then halfway through the podcast, I pivoted and we talked a lot about Adam. So if you think that it's like front loaded with Bert talking about Bert, you're accurate. But I do pivot and we do talk more about Adam because there's a lot about Adam. There's a lot about Adam that I absolutely love. He's on a road trip right now to Seattle. Georgia wants to go to school in Seattle. See, that's the way my brain works is he says he's in a road trip to Seattle and immediately you'll hear this. I go, oh, my daughter wants to go to school up there. And then I Fucking, I got a lot of growth. I got therapy on Friday. I should start airing my therapies. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Without further ado, ado, ado. Today's podcast, stand-up comedian, podcaster, actor, my friend, Adam Ray. realized there was shit all over this fucking hat anyway nice dude i i keep the tags by the way on i just got a seattle kraken hat uh from my uh soon-to-be father-in-law and uh you're engaged i am yeah i didn't know that yeah man you know it's so funny you're not you're not super i'm sorry keep going with your story i'm keep going no 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 no. this is your show and this is what i'm supposed to do is to plant seeds of topics and then you take it away baby uh (laughs) keep going with your kraken's hat go ahead by the way we're like two guys that just met but found they have a lot in common no go ahead go ahead but i have something to tell you right after that (laughs) wait you love baseball dude do you breathe air (laughs) fucking dude i have a story for you uh no so so seattle's about to get a hockey team right in 2020 next fall basically the arena's being built it's why hopefully the sonics will then come back because we needed that but so he uh they're big hockey fans uh living in arizona and uh he got me the new crack it's we're the kraken is the Seattle is going to be the Kraken. It's like a sea serpent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. I know what the Kraken is. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> Release the Kraken. Yes, dude. And, uh, you know, the serpent, the, all that stuff. 
And people are already joking like, all right, so is it going to, is the arena going to be nicknamed the crack house? Are fans going to be crackheads? Like, you know, yada, yada, yada. And so uh, I was wearing the hat and I was going to take some of the tags off. And I was like, dude, Bert leaves those stickers on. And I was like, I'm leaving my stickers on. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I, I would see guys. I remember I got, I bought a pair of uh, off white Nike somethings. I didn't know what they were. And they came with this tag and I went to cut it off. My daughter's like, no, you don't cut it off. And I was like, well, I'm not wearing a tag on my shoes. Yeah. It's not she foreskin. Like, you leave it. Yeah. She goes, Dad, that's the cool part of it. And then I was like, I'm just going to cut it off. And she was like, stop. You can just unlace the lace and pull it out. You don't have to cut it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, uh. <laughs> oh my God, dude. The uh, real quick before we get back to, uh, um, you know, just, you know, uh, silver linings during the pandemic and me being engaged. You're, we listened. We're, we're in Sacramento right now, driving up to Seattle. I'm going to stop in Oregon, see my pops oh, wow. and go to Seattle for a bit and I'm interviewing Sean Kemp at his weed store for the podcast on uh, next week and then doing some other shit <clears throat> and just trying to see the fam. You know, it's I'm always envious of people. You seem like you have a lot of family around, right? Like do, in yeah. SoCal. That's awesome because like when you were creating those bubbles for yourself, very cool. And so, you know, having Seattle not be that far away and, and her folks in AZ, it's like if we can drive there and, and try to spend some time before things resume. But um, uh. Uh, we were listening to Best of Netflix, <clears throat> and your shit came on real quick. The uh, period party story, dude. Uh -oh. That is such a great story, and you have so many jokes in in it, which I think, you know, ask Sickler who uh, any great storyteller like the amount of jokes per because the story itself is already something you want to listen to because I've never heard of that and the fact yeah, and yeah. the way you're breaking it down, but like the two boys coming and how you were in and then like you wearing all red and like your sister or your, your daughter named it uh, Jason because of Friday the 13th. Dude. I mean, it's just like hit after hit, man. That is a fucking, that's going to go down <clears throat> as one of the uh, best stories of all time. Oh, thank you. They, it got, I, I got props from the, uh, from the feminist community when I told Did you. It. Yeah. Which is not, you know, they're like, this is, I don't know, whatever. I don't know whatever they said, but it was like something addressing that I was, woke and an open whatever i'm not i'm the worst i am the worst you just got your inbox got flooded with uh invites uh to more period parties they're like dude we just want you to come to all of them because no, you, you know it's so funny like, you get it little girls were in my flooding got my inbox got flooded with little girls who had just gotten their period to share with isla and that's what isla like okay i'm glad you said that I'm glad you said to yeah. share with isla i did not know whether i was just trying to be like she heard i feel like i need to tell you this no, they did. They were like, please, uh, this message is to Isla. Thank you, Isla, for letting your daddy share his, uh, your period story. I was, a t I was terrified. My sister got hers and I was freaked out. And my mom showed me this bit and, uh, and, and I, cause I'd done it on Conan also. And, and they're like, yes, I just want you to know, I threw myself a period party. Here are pictures. And we welcomed Daryl to our family and they would all name the period. <laughs> and Isla, like Isla was like, you know, it's funny. Isla was like, just so you know, I didn't create it. And I was like, hey, baby, it doesn't matter. And she goes, no, well, I mean, I just want you to know, like, other people had thought of everything. People, like, I wasn't the one that did it, Dad. And I was like, baby, I know that. And she's like, well, I just want these kids to know, like, I didn't come. I mean, that's a lot of, and I'm like, fucking let it go. It doesn't yeah. matter. I didn't say you invented the period, sweetheart. I'm just saying you put it on the map. Yeah. <laughs> I got in trouble in Australia doing that joke. I told the joke on, on TV and uh, 
I guess, you know, you know, you, I've been watching The Crown a lot lately and you forget. just got into it, by the way. We need to talk about it. I'm, I'm episode one deep and baby, I am in. <laughs> is, I am. I am obsessed with the royal family. Dude, there's royal families, there's surgeries, there's deceit out of the gate. I mean, like, it's everything you want in a show during a pandemic. And the it, fact that it's real, it's all real. So that's and what like, I wanted to ask. It is based on... The, oh, it's based on the, the Queen of England. Holy shit. The whole thing is based on Queen Elizabeth. Princess Margaret? Dude, I'm obsessed with Princess Margaret because... Yeah. She's the one. She was like the part. They used to call her the party princess. By the way, I know we have Brit I, Brit I have a lot of British fans, and I know they're listening to this, going like, "Oh fuck, he's just the queen, man." Like we had never. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a real thing. Like I didn't. I knew there was a queen. You know, like I knew it was. A, Wait, she's was the party. She's the party princess. Do you think this is where Darren Carter, the party starter, got his name from? Do you think? I think Darren Carter and Princess Margaret would really fucking. Can I tell you <laughs> one night? It. One night drunk, Amy Schumer and. I want to say Amy Schumer and Chris Fairbanks nice. and Theo Vaughn. Good we were all partying together and they're like, hold on. Like <laughs> hammered. Yeah. You're the party starter. You're the party starter. Not Darren Carter. It's you. Cause I, I do. I got to be honest with you. It's a brilliant. The party starter I know, is a man. great fucking nickname. Branding. And I really, I have, I have a problem. Like I'm in therapy because of my party starting. <laughs> I can't say no to a party. I can't say no to impulse i mean like i know i'm so when you, fucking bad me too man i and i just like you i think i you're going dry for january right yeah yeah we're we're doing that too and it's uh much needed and also uh i mean you know i'm bummed out that i didn't uh, i wasn't with divine on that one show or the tour when you guys were in spokane because i feel like one of us would have one of us would have driven ourselves to the hospital that night because like i'm a you know that's what even just being on tour with adam an Omaha kid, I didn't realize what my liver was capable of until I went on the road with him. This kid's been drinking since he was 11. So oh, it's just yeah. like, I'm like, oh yeah, I started drinking like late high school and like college is really when I started to enjoy the taste of Corona light. And then here I am like on tour with him and it's like, you know, post, you know, sometimes we'd stay at the venue for a little bit and then go to a spot. And then all of a sudden we meet somebody at, at a venue or at a bar and they're like, our buddy's on this bar. It's like 20 minutes away, but it's like a brewery and we can, and then we go there till 6A. I mean, it was just, and Adam just powers through still blackout. At one point he was crying with some kid with his arm around him because they realized they had the same birthday. <laughs> By the way, that is such young guy drinking things to go to someone's bar 20 minutes away. I want the, the last time I got into a car with someone, the last time yeah. I was, I was, God, I wish I could remember. This was by the way, recently, probably yeah. like meaning within the last six years, <laughs> I was definitely 40. I was definitely 40. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I got in a car with a guy and I had, I had sold so much merch in Canada that I had all these Canadian, all this Canadian cash. I had $6,000 with Canadian cash. Whoa. Um, from like, from like four years of selling merch or three Amazing. years of selling merch or whatever. Right. And, and I didn't know what to do with it. And I was like, you know what? Our, anniversary's coming up. I'm going to buy my wife diamond earrings. I know that people listening going 6,000 doesn't buy a lot of worth of diamond earrings, but it was all I had. I didn't have a lot of money at the time. Canadian, so I was yeah. like, but it was $6,000 worth of money that I could. It was like, I was like, I want to spend it in Canada. Yeah. So I, I went and did the gig. I had the six grand in cash. I didn't want to leave it in my hotel room. I had it with me in my pocket, in my jacket pocket. 
I'm going to get in a car with a guy who says, who's also partying with us. And he goes, do you want to do Coke? And I was like, oh, I'm good. I was like, it's funny. I just got, I just started going to a cardiologist. So like, I, I'm definitely not doing Coke. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, well, well I'm a great not- excuse. If you want to get out of doing Coke anytime, by the way, Yeah, I just I- started seeing a cardiologist. Like who's going to be like, come on, man. It's, well, well, what's his name? What's the doctor's name? Like, get him on the phone. Get him on the phone. <laughs> So I go, uh, so I said, I said, no. And he goes, well, I got a lot. And I said, uh, and I pulled out my $6,000 in cash. I go, how much will, and I waved it $6,000 get me. And he pulls out a brick of Coke and he goes, that's so funny. I have exactly $6,000 worth of cocaine. And I went, oh, and then I thought if we get pulled over, there is no way I am explaining to a cop. You'll never believe how fucking crazy this is. I'm getting diamond earrings for my wife. I swear to God. I swear to God. He happens to have $6,000 worth of Coke. I got 6,000 ducats or whatever they're called. Noonies, toonies, loonies, noogies, <laughs> noogies. And so, uh, so I, and that was the last time I was like, I'm getting in cars and go, cause I used to love that. I used to go, I know, man, you get, I, I, the Dayton funny bone. I had a problem with there because I would, we would get done and then they'd be like house party at dot, dot, dot's house. And I'd be like, let's go. I loved it. I loved it. It's a good thing. I never opened for you. I'll just say that because, uh-huh. uh, I opened for, you know, Bobby Lee Harland a little bit, mostly Bobby. Right. So, and then Divine, you know, just later after I'd start headlining and stuff, but it was, you know, those are big theaters and stuff. You don't skip out on that. But with Bobby, it was like, he's sober. We go to eat, you know, and then sometimes he just go right back to the room, try to go, we'd go to a, you know, a gas station. He'd try to force me to take extends with him. I was like, I'm going to hard pass on that, but I'll see you tomorrow for the shows for sure. And then, uh, and, and then we'd go our separate ways, but, and then sometimes he would just let me, I'd be at the club still doing what you do, meeting locals, hanging, like have it like just soaking it up. Also in the feature spot, like, I mean, you know, I do 30, do my thing. No one knows who I am. Bobby leaves. So they're like, next best thing. Like wh- where you want to go? So, I mean, if you, I mean, dude, you and I would have just enabled the shit out of each other. I was, I was, I, I speak about myself like I'm dead. I was the funnest <laughs> fucking comedian. Like, I don't even, I know, man. Not, I'm not that, th- I mean, not that I'm not doing comedy now, but like, what I think what I'm when you do when you do theaters and you do drive-ins and and you do like bigger venues I, I feel like the it's you're definitely still a comedian you're doing comedy yes. I can't say that Gaffigan and Larry Cable got all these big yes. acts and and Chappelle they're not comics they're comics but when you're doing clubs and doing comedy there is a real like lunch pail attitude about it that I I miss I really genuinely miss and I don't miss being unknown or standing at the door and watching everyone walk past me and not even saying good show, like just walking past, like, uh, take care. I used to do a joke when they walk by, I go great show tonight. And they go, thanks. They didn't do anything. I'm the one that did it. And they would say, thanks a lot, man. And, and so, um, but I do miss like one of my, one of my, uh, tenants. I don't know if that's, I'm using that right. One of my things that I believed in was that to, you, and I, this is so silly, but but it turned out it worked for me. It was that you had to foster local comedy. Like I was, ne- I was like, I'm never gonna fight to bring someone with me. I always want to be. Ch- I, I met some of the greatest comics on the road 
that were like road dogs, like Tommy Jonigan working for him with him the first time. Yeah. Oh, I had the wow. hardest time following him and it forced <laughs> you to work around it. I worked with Steve Trevino one weekend. I worked with like just people that were like monsters and you yeah. were like, all right, this is the job. You got to figure out how to do your job after they did their job. And, and it's so funny. I, I, it wasn't until later in my career that I started bringing people with me, but it was all dudes I met on the road. Dave Williamson. I met in, I met in, uh, in Miami, uh, Shane Torres. I met in Portland. Jesus Trejo. I met in Oxnard on the lowest of my career, the lowest I've ever been in my career. I worked with (laughs) Jesus Trejo. And so it's funny that I, that, but I'm, I miss those days of doing the clubs. And I remember saying to Adam, I remember saying to Adam in Tacoma or Spokane, I said, uh, I said, I've said this to him a number of times, and I think it's the weird way my brain works. I go, I, I'm bummed. I'm excited for your success. Yeah, I'm so happy that you're that you are where you are because I enjoy watching Adam. Everything he does, I the Righteous Gemstone is fucking amazing. We're talking he, about Divine, he, not Levine, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But also, and, let's just quick shout out to Levine. Also, also killing it. Yeah, and so I go. Um, you know who Adam Levine is? He's like the lead singer of. Mer- <laughs> I'm not even going to fill I in the blanks. Who, I, I Snoop tried to tell me who Meg the Stallion is. Megan the Stallion is. Yeah, and I was like, she got shot in the feet. <laughs> like, what a weird place to shoot someone. And by the way, she didn't have any bullet marks. Yeah, like I'm so confused by this. By the baby, feet are a lot more durable than we uh, than we anticipated as far the, as taking the bullets. baby shot her or or did Tory Lanez shot her? That I don't know. I just know that that there were bullets flying dude getting shot in the feet would hurt so bad i feel like that's where i would shoot like if i was in some sort of buddy cop movie as like the jokey comic relief i feel like shooting in the foot and then my partner's like you shot him in the foot it's like it would destroy your foot yeah it would i think that's actually probably worse than shooting you well not in the chest or the head but you know anywhere else here's a quick tangent before we uh, go back to divine if you had to get shot foot or or the uh or the or the wiener oh Oh, foot. Fuck foot. foot. I bet. <laughs> well, hold on. Hold on. From how far? I, get, I take the dice on the guy that can't hit my wiener. I'd be like, go ahead. Try. That's I'm going to lay on a milking table, and you've got to shoot from under the milking table. <laughs> That's like, what I was is, asking. Is he going to use a pea shooter? Anyway. <laughs> so, Divine, yeah. But, Everything but he does is it's, great. It's, uh, my, some, sometimes my perspective is jaded because I am a glass half full guy. So, <laughs> Me like, too. In all of my success, there has been a lot of non-success. I mean, I didn't start selling tickets until, until I mean, like 2017, I, I feel like for real, like honestly. Yeah. And so I go, I'm always a glass half full. So sometimes my glass half full is looking at my perspective of life. And sometimes mm-hmm. people may see that as shade when I don't mean it that way. Yes. But like one, I remember saying to him drunk that night, and I don't, I don't know if I made it clear, but I was like, I'm bummed that you'll never work your whole career to get to here. Yes. Versus getting it. Not, I'm not saying undeservedly, but getting it younger and then having the, I, I mean, I'll never, I'm here's the deal is I'll never get to experience what he got. That's I, that's the truth. Yes. But I, but I, I, I want people to appreciate <clears throat> that there is, there is a lot to be said when you do bust your ass and you lay in bed at, at like 40 years old and go, well, what will happen to me? And you have managers of clubs say things to you like, so what's the deal? Are you just going to do this forever? And and sitting in a car going to radio going, I, I was planning on it. Like, I don't like, yeah, I love it. Then, it's 
but it's, yeah, it's, it is. It, it, you know, I, I mean? think you're you're not wrong to say that to him. By the way, because I have said that to him quite a bit, where jokingly and then sincerely, where I'm just like, I'll share certain stories of like we're doing right now from from the road, and he just can't, and he just I see it in his face being like, man, like I would have fucking loved, like you know, and and again, and then you. And then I'm introing him to walk out into the fucking, um, you know, Paramount in Austin or wherever. And it's like, oh, this rules. But yeah, it's, know, it's, there's, it's, it's good on both sides. But he but loves, the, like, he like loves the, that grind of it. So I think he really would have yeah. relished in it. And he's a warrior. Oh, so I oh, think he would have oh, yeah. loved. Yeah. He would have loved the Omaha funny bone. Yeah. Like to, yeah. to work there as like a, as, as like a host, a, a, like coming up a host for the yeah. weekend and have people that like there was so much. It was so fun to work with someone that you respected. I remember working with Louis CK. I remember being a feature. Whoa. And being like, and it's like the first guy that you were like, you got like the first weekend you got as a feature where you're like, okay, this is, I'm working with a big dog. It was, you ready for this? It was three weekends in a row. My daughter had just been born. I worked with David tell the first weekend, Daniel tossed the second weekend and Louis CK the third weekend. (laughs) Oh man. So you knew you were on the right path. Oh dude. It was the greatest working with the tell was like, yeah, that's not. That's I don't not know right. if I, you know, it's like, it's like the thing I shared to someone like Adam, I go, uh, you don't know how fun it is to get do- to be done with the night, right? You've done two shows on a Thursday, two shows on a Friday to be done with your night at like 1110, right? 1130, 1135 to go to the bar. The bartenders love you, load you up with drinks and get excited watching one of your favorite comics in the back, just being like, Oh my God. And knowing you've got access to him for the whole night that you yeah. get to talk his ear off about comedy, your favorite yeah. thing in the fucking world and yeah. go, what am I doing wrong? What do like, tell me like, who do you like? What do you, you know, like, Oh my God. It was like those Great. times or that. I think that's what gets you to fall in love with comedy. And I think, I think it, this is a bold statement, but you know, I think that that for it. this is, by the way, get ready to edit this out. Halston. <laughs> If you're, can I tell you not to, and by the way, not to use Louis's breath in the same sentence as this, and I didn't mean it this way, mm. but that's what sucks for women is that like no one ever had ulterior motives with me. Like mm. when I sat with David Tell or Louis or Daniel Tosh, I got the authentic part of them. When we talked about comedy, I got, I got authenticity. Yeah. So say you're, say you're Eliza Schlesinger or, or Whitney Cummings or, any of Amy Schumer, any female comic that there's always this weird fucking thing of like, is he trying to fuck me? Yep. And I, that sucks. That yep. sucks. And that's why women will never be funny is that, oh my God, you coughed during my joke and you didn't. No, hear me. I just heard it. I just heard it when I came back. Wait a second. This is even better, dude, because I fucking coughed. If I had acknowledged that joke, everyone would have been like, what the fuck? I coughed. And as I turned, I heard it here. And I went, oh, what? Because <laughs> you, know? you said, I wasn't looking at your face and I needed to see your eyes to hear oh. that. So I just heard it matter of factly. So I literally coughing, looking towards the door, being like, oh God, how do I play this? <laughs> That's it's so funny because I I like I never like I'd have a tell just be like, like, I can't hang out tonight and just leave. But if you're a hot chick, everyone's gonna hang out. Yes. You know, yes. 
You know, my uh, my first few weekends like that were uh, hosting for Attell and Schumer was featuring at the Irvine Improv, the old Irvine Improv. Yeah. Same thing. A great. They let me. I would come into the green room and be like, and I just was always, I don't know who told me or I just felt like, I don't know. I didn't like they are friends already. So I go, hey, I'm going to bounce whatever. And Dave was like, where are you going? Hang out. You're on the show. Right. And I was like, uh, yeah. He's like, are you unsure? He's like, you're on the show. Right. Your name's right. And, and he's like, and then they chummed me up and they were so sweet. And then the next weekend was Geraldo and Jesse Joyce. And that was amazing, too, because same thing, man. They like you get the reps of the weekend, you get the whole experience. But man, Greg, even giving me the time of day and and making fun of me on stage one night, I was wearing a backwards hat and like the short sleeve checkered shirt. And he goes, keep it going for Adam dressing like a fucking fifth grader tonight. Because <laughs> and then he just would roast me throughout and like chat. And we almost all drove up. The shows were over Halloween and um, it was like maybe two years before he passed or a year, actually. And we were all going to drive up together. I was going to drive them all up to West Hollywood. I kept telling him about the West Hollywood Santa Monica parade. And Greg was like, that sounds fucking insane. I kind of want to see it. And I was like, I'll drive you guys all up. We'll come back. And we almost did. And they stayed. And I went up anyway because I was doing some man on the street bullshit interviews. And, and, uh, and I didn't stay and hang. And I, I regret that. But, but again, just the weekend of... And then they would go out of their way to give me comedy advice that I didn't ask for just because they... They saw that I was going out of my way to chum it up with them, that Greg would say, hey, man, like, I noticed you, blah, blah, blah. Just little things. Wasn't yeah. trying to. But he, he was like, I, this kid, I can tell that he's going for it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out of my way to, to whatever and pay it forward, you know? It's but. the coolest thing, man. The <laughs> coolest thing is in comedy is like, is when you, like, I, I don't, there's no, like, there's a few things I'm obsessed with. And, you know, I, I think that's why Rogan, Rogan's so into, like, like having like getting to have like Cam Haynes and and uh and uh what's knock on's name? I forget. Uh like the best bow hunters on. It's oh, like yeah. when you get into something, it's the coolest thing is talking about it. Yeah. Like not even sometimes not even doing it, just talking about it. I remember saying to someone who partied with Attell and uh Geraldo late night one night, like really partied. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I was like what's that like is it and they're like oh we just talk comedy and i was like oh, <laughs> oh man that's unbelievable yeah that's the dream man um did you find <clears throat> when you said you went to australia and the uh period joke didn't work did you find overall though that your um you know your sensibility went over well i was just there doing the uh, the rock show about his life for nbc uh for 5 weeks and i had to quarantine for 2 weeks and then i did stand up so The Rock has a show coming out, Dwayne Johnson, about his yeah. life called Young Rock, and I'm, uh, I'm in it. And so oh, I went to Australia. Awesome. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Oh, it's great, man. I've like become, I mean, you know, we text, we send voice notes. It's fucking bonkers, Bert. Rock <laughs> is so fucking, you know, what sucks is I wrote <clears throat> jokes about The Rock and about Kevin Hart, and tr I tried the one out about Kevin Hart and it just didn't hit and it, it they just when you do jokes about those guys that you really really enjoy and and like yeah if they don't come out right they they sound mean and you're yeah. like oh that's not my intention so yeah. i bailed on the rock jokes i like him that much and i was like uh, i'm not doing a joke about the fucking rock universally liked by the way and here's so sometimes like universally text, liked universal like like to where if he runs for something like, you, you know, you're like, yeah, like, I mean, he's got something for everybody, whether it's the Titan games or his tequila or, you know, kid movies, Jumanji, Fast and Furious, um, you know, it, uh, now the show about his life. Here's so, you know, we'll message and I'll, <laughs> I'll sometimes 
get something right back. And sometimes it's maybe three weeks or a month, but it's always back. And then it's like a five minute thing recapping. It's just, he's so attentive, so considerate. Yeah. Also got a comics brain. Like we fucking banter like he's you funny. and I banter. It's insane. But so he had this post. Here's just a little me rolling the dice. You'll, you'll appreciate this. I was with my, uh, my uh, fiance's folks in Arizona. We're doing some karaoke late night. They're big karaoke family. And, uh, and he posted on his Instagram uh, this thing that said uh, how he was named the most likable person in the world. And in his caption, it says, from being called a big, complicated asshole at 15 due to fighting that led to suspension to now being called the most likable person in the world and then something else. And I screenshot it, <clears throat> texted to him. And this is after about, you know, quite a few cocktails. And I'm just feeling good with my girl's family. We're in AZ. We're all COVID free. I'm, you know, had gotten a Christmas Day message from him. So I go, fucking fantastic. I go, t-shirt idea. <laughs> <laughs> t-shirt idea. <laughs> and then I go, one, one side, one is, is oh, already off to a rocky start. Just doubling <laughs> down on the is. <laughs> just, just, I go, one is, is young rock with big, complicated asshole on one side. And on the other side is your smiling mug with most likable person in the world. Caption, always grinding <laughs> or <laughs> growed up. And then I go, this heartfelt moment brought to you by Terramana Margaritas, which is his tequila. So hopefully yeah. at the end, he goes, and I, I show that to a buddy of mine. He goes, you saved it at the end. You told him you were, you know. Yeah, always always grinding's good. Always grinding's real good. <laughs> I, you see, I was trying to like play to both sides of him. I was like, always grinding. Like that's the real yeah. option. And then growed up is kind of, if you want to, you know, goof yourself. <laughs> it's hard when you write a, a joke about like a celebrity, you know, it's like why I really love Burr is hmm. like, I, I don't know. Did he do his, uh, did he do his um, Michelle Obama joke on his last special? Yes, you know? yes, yes. On Paper Tiger, yeah. When oh, yeah. You take a swing at someone like that. It's a big swing. And it's fucking great. Yeah, crushes. And I, I, I was taking big <clears throat> swings at The Rock, and you, you, and it was like, you could see, it sounds crazy, but you could see who he inspired in the audience going, mm. oh, come on, man. And you're like, it's a joke. Like, you know, it's a, and then you're no. like, and like the one about Kevin, I think kind of got out and everyone's, it's been like, it was like media fodder for any, anytime I did press, they were like, so what's the thing about you uh, downplay Kevin rock, Kevin Hart's hard work. And I'm like, no, that's oh, not what God. I'm trying to say. Oh, I'm like, God. I'm like, I'm just saying we all work hard. It was a joke. I was like, it didn't, didn't land yeah. the way I wanted it to. I was, you know, I'm trying to work out a premise here. And the whole thing was that let's let's acknowledge luck. Let's like let's acknowledge luck. And yes. the whole joke was that if Cat Williams hadn't had a gun in his bag, then maybe Kevin wouldn't have been on fool's gold. Like, let's just uh, celebrate Cat Williams having a gun in his bag. <laughs> you know, it's like it sucks. It's you know, yeah. I, I did a joke on this on this last tour. I had a joke about um, Confederate statues and mm. it it's a fucking. It's a joke where you go where it's probably not the best joke I've ever written, but if you saw it in the club and you heard it, you go, wow, oh, I like that. And you come up and you like Confederate statues joke is good. It's, it's, it's just a good joke. It's a good yes. joke. Right. But it was like fucking racist for like eight weeks. <laughs> it was just not good. It was not good. And it was, that was not my intention. My intention was to obviously play to the right side of the world yeah. in this, but also to take swings, you know, to, it's it's so fucking hard to write a joke, and sometimes people don't yeah. acknowledge that. Like that, you go like, 
hey man i'm i'm not here to fucking hurt anybody i'm here to make you laugh also with you do you feel like because you know um you know with your bits being just having more girth and weight and 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 stories like do you feel like you're you're like man it's i it's almost tougher in a way because you need more time to work them out so like yeah if you're really take doing like a five minute bit and you know you're really trying to find the uh, all the beats and the ins and outs uh you know and people see you know it's 60 percent done but they find see, see parts that they're like oh well, that was whatever and then they kind of jump on it based on that or do you just trust oh, it i just okay. you know i like it stinks. I think when you were young, when I was younger, I definitely had more of an opportunity to work in anonymity as yeah. opposed to now you go out and do a tour and it's like, you're playing to all, all, I mean, not all your fans, but to a lot of your fans, if you're doing big venues and, and then you don't get, you don't have the opportunity to take a joke and then really kind of finesse it the way sometimes it's just up and running and you're like, all right, here's where we're taking it. Yeah. So like with the kind of good though, right. It forces you just to kind of go like to really maybe cut the fat and go, this is what it is. I'm, they they're they're here they want it i want to you know i'm just going to do where it's at yeah i mean with the machine story it i think okay how about this i think you learn i think those clubs for me doing the machine i did the machine story for four years and i think yeah. that is like learning being a uh what is it called when you work under a guy who really knows a craft or a trade like uh an apprentice an apprentice. I think that was my apprenticeship was learning how to tell the machine story. And then once I learned how to tell that machine story, I, I don't, there's a lot that I, I mean, you could have told me, but I wouldn't have understood, but now I understand, I understand the structure of a story a lot quicker where yeah. I go, Oh, we need to get to here and we need something here. And I, I need to plant something here. I understand it a lot quicker, but that still doesn't like, and then I also know, I know so many cheat codes now. That's like the greatest part of like when oh, yeah. you get to 20 years, the cheat, the amount of cheat codes you have where you're like, like, this sounds horrible, but you're, do you remember when Dane said he's stealing my essence? Yes. Wait, um, wait, who's yeah. Who somebody said they were stealing Dane's essence or, or Dane, Dane said, said he's stealing my essence. <clears throat> gotcha. And you were like, and everyone, everyone was like, Ah, Dane's out of his fucking mind. And then like, and then you started doing comedy longer and you're like, no, I know what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, I understand what he's saying. I got right. it. I, I right. got it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it actually made sense. Right. Um, I don't know if it was accurate. I won't say who, if it was or it wasn't because we, I, I mean, really good friends with the guy he said it about, but, but it was, I understand what he says now. Right. And then I, this is the cheat code is I, I notice it in like, I can notice it sometimes in really big comics. They don't, Sometimes they will uh, take something that is a motif and plug it in when they're being lazy and get to the next step yeah. as opposed to doing the original thing. Right. And then, and then when you see guys who don't do that, like Burr, like Burr does not do that ever. He is mm -hmm. so fucking frustrating. He is so, <laughs> I know, fucking I know frustrating that you're like, or Segura, man, I gotta be honest with you, man. I've never, I never talk about Tommy stand up. <laughs> because we're such close friends for and sure. I, and I think there is, I think people draw comparisons between the two of us. Yeah. And there is no comparison. He is, what he does is so totally different than what I do. 
and so fucking good. Like, which I is why it works, which is why your uh, your dynamic is so great. Yeah, well, he was also on that best of Netflix thing that we listened to, and he had his story. Uh, the the thing they played was the thing about um, <clears throat> the guy Craig who uh, working at the bank, and he didn't know if he worked there or not. Yeah, and oh. just his. You know what I love about Tommy that I always try to you know uh, make applicable applicable to my uh, um, my own shit is just the 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 patience. And the uh, calmness and the trust and that the what he's saying is is there because, you know, sometimes I can have a, a tendency to to go a little fast on things. And it's like, man, he just sits in the pocket, takes his time and just lets you hear and taste every part of of what he's given you so you can get all the info. But it's but also his just very sly not condescending, but almost like with the guy when he was just like, the guy kept saying things about like, I'm going to Virginia next week. And Tommy was like, okay, <laughs> just like, just even that you're like, I get, I, everyone's been what Tom is uh, conveying. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he has a yeah. real, he has a very, very real every man. Thousand percent, man. He's the guy you want to sit next to at a wedding. Oh my and, God. And, and not know, not know at all meet. And then, and then, for for whatever reason, you guys both order the same drink, and it shows up at the same time. And he's like, "Oh, really? Uh, dirty, dirty, uh, dirty, dirty martini." And you're like, "Ah, it's my starter off drink." He's like, "Mine too." You tap glasses, and then you've got this in, and he's like, "Look at this fucking cum dumpster walking up behind you. Look at her. Like they're not gonna make it." <laughs> yeah, dude, you, you want to get out of here? <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by TurboTax Live. You are unique, and so are your taxes. TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who listen to you, learn about your unique tax situation, and answer your questions. On top of that, all of that, they can do your taxes from start to finish. Maybe you just started investing and want some reassurance from an expert that you're doing things right. Maybe you're now self-employed and need some expert advice on what qualifies as a home office deduction. Or maybe you'd rather have an expert file your taxes so you can focus on what matters the most. No matter what your situation is, TurboTax Live experts, tax experts, can answer specific questions, walk you through the process, review your return before you file, or even do it all for you. TurboTax Live gives you the confidence that your uniquely you taxes are done right into it. TurboTax Live, file with the help of an expert or let an expert file for you. We all have extra stuff lying around or hidden away in a closet that isn't being used anymore. And a lot of us have stuff in great condition that someone else could get a ton of use out of. Myself, I had a closet full of stuff, full of brand new wardrobe that had never been used that I got on TV shows. I had a man cave full of stuff. What do I do with that stuff? Mercari. Mercari is the marketplace app that makes it easy to give my unused items a new life when I get rid of them, it's the simple way to say goodbye by selling your stuff to someone who actually wants it. And when a buyer says, hello, you make money. Once you download Macari, you just have to take a few pictures of your stuff, add a description, and it's listed. When it's sold, Macari makes it easy by emailing you a shipping label so you can box up your item and send it to its new home. Super simple. Shopping on Macari saves you money. You'll find out practice, you'll find practically new items at up to 70% off with no need for an in-person meetup. It's the safest way to buy and sell right now. Macari is a simple way to make sure the things that you have don't go unused by selling them instead of letting them just sit around. 
You can buy or sell almost anything like uh, Jordans or uh, I have a ton of Adidas. I went through an Adidas phase that I bought 13. So I wear a 13 in Nike and then I didn't ever return them. And so I have like four pairs of Adidas that I'm selling on Mercari with over 50 million app downloads. Your items actually sell on Mercari. Want to breathe new life into some unused stuff? Give every goodbye a hello when you buy or sell on Mercari. Find Mercari in the App Store or at Mercari.com. That's M-E-R-C-A-R-I.com, Mercari. Your marketplace download today. <laughs> we got to, I got to share some very hilarious, like I couldn't share them with him because he was in a lot of pain, but when he broke his arm and leg, and we had to get him to the hospital. Fucking that was oh my god, dude. I've you want to talk about my favorite moment ever is we get put you putting his arm back. <laughs> oh. Dude, I've never laughed so hard in my entire life. Go, Let me just get that for you, buddy. Hold on one second. Oh my That's god, funny. dude. Of all the things you could do, but also, <laughs> you know, kind of the right move. You were like, if he's got to sit here like this, <laughs> he just he shouldn't. <laughs> like that is way better. <laughs> so you were your instincts were right. But so what was what was the uh what was the the best part of that? The uh I'm sure I've talked about this somewhere, but we we uh you know we got him into his um we got we got him into <laughs> his screening room at his house, which was oh. downstairs, and then his wife called me in the morning and said we need to get him to the hospital, he needs to go to his orthopedist. She's like, can you pick up a wheelchair? And I was like, I was like, yeah. And so I started looking at wheelchairs. And then she goes, wait, do they got to have like a medical transport for something like this? And I was like, of course. So I get a hold of this medical transport. And immediately she's like, I go, they, they'll be there at this time. I go, just giving you a heads up. I'm not really sure about this medical transport. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> she's like, what do you mean? I go, <laughs> I go, I don't know. I can't be certain they're going to be there. Because I go, I called once and he said, hey, no problem, buddy. Sure thing. Pick up. No problem. I go, hold on. You bring the wheelchair, right? And he goes, no problem. I got you, buddy. And he hangs up. And I was like, well, I don't feel like I booked it. Technically, I called back and a white girl answers like, hello, medical transport, or whatever. And I go, hold on. I think I just ordered a thing. And she goes, hold on. Can I get your name and address? And I went, all right, this guy never did that. He never did yeah, that. He yeah, my yeah. Phone number. And I was like, okay, hold on. So I start talking to her and I go, now I'm really booking one. And we get disconnected. I call back and the guy goes, hey, buddy, how you doing? Uh, Bert, huh? And I went, motherfucker. So I call, I call Christina. I'm like, listen, uh, I think it's legit. I think it's legit. And this guy shows up. This guy. Or I just called Jamie Kennedy and he's doing like 18 different voices on me. <laughs> the guy that shows up is like, I mean, out of casting 101. If you're like, I, I need. I need nondescript person of color. I don't know what island he's from, but nondescript person of color that smokes pot all day long, looks very comfortable in scrubs, and has long hair and a ponytail. Probably has a band and does jujitsu. Can he drive us? And he gets in there, and this guy is like having Rob the Schneider. time of his life. Thomas having the worst day of his life. Oh. This guy's like driving, flying through the streets. He's like, "So, what do you guys do for a living?" And as soon as he said that, I am crying laughing and we both have masks on and tom's like uh we're comedians and he's like ah tell me a joke and tom's like this no 
So when I know you guys and Tom knows that I am chomping at the bit that I am the guy that wants to go, I don't know, man, you got Netflix. You love it. You love it. And I love that about you. Oh, and it, man, that whole fucking day. And that is like what makes that guy hilarious is, is That's like amazing. in those moments, like, uh, it was, it's, it's interesting what makes the comic. What's, you know, so funny is when, when I watch, I, I feel like you're, murdering it on instagram but then when you said you got engaged i was like god damn it i don't feel like i know anything about adam other than he has nieces and nephews yeah like yeah, that's I mean, the I'm, only I'm, really personal <clears throat> shit you share. yeah I mean, it's I, you know i use it for a lot of just the um and even for them it's like what i post a lot of like silly goofy stuff so um you know i really just try to use it mostly for the the comedy stuff and i've never been super you know um public with that stuff anyway you know um but uh but but posted um about it when it happened but it uh you know there's just so much stuff flying through um and uh but yeah it's it's, there are there are guys like that there are guys like segura's private um yeah joe's very private yeah Uh, i just i I don't know i i just um you know but but uh but you got to a little bit but but yeah I, i uh it's like, you know, she knows all the people in my life that uh that needs to know and 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 yeah, there's there's moments to uh to do it. But um was that like I mean, an early was that an early decision or was that something you kind of No, it was uh, uh talked about, yeah, and then we went up to Seattle and um and I wanted to kind of do it up there around uh we'd kind of I got my dad and drove him up and and his wife had just passed and um which uh, I don't know if you've been around hospice, but that whole situation is just fucking crazy and just even people i was trying to write some jokes about it because it was so not in the moment but it was also tough like you can't turn your comic brain off dude a buddy of mine texted me he was like and trying to get some answers for something and i was like hey man can i get back to you i'm with my dad and my stepmom's on hospice it's not just the best time he's like no worries text me back 10 minutes later and he's like dude i feel like such an asshole i thought you said your stepmom was on host spice i thought that was some new dating app you were trying to sell me on i was like Oh man. And then I just text back. I go, well, she is leaving them. So you're not totally wrong on like just like, whatever you're. And we just kind of started going back and forth. And I was like, this was a necessary <clears throat> text thread because it was so heavy, you know, but, yeah. but so I wanted to bring him up to be around there. And then we did a whole thing in my mom and uh, stepdad's backyard. And, and it was great. I got a little sumo thing. I made like a little party. Right. And so we had uh, my nieces and sister and brother-in-law who's a rapper. His name's Durte. His real name's Tim, but he's a He's a rapper. His name's Dirte. If you want, if you want me to send you some links, <laughs> please send me some links. Are you fucking kidding me? No, he's. I've talked about this on a couple pods because it was a slow roll getting to know him because it was just like my sister's like, "Hey, will you come to this guy's uh, I'm dating show?" And I was like, oh, "What? What type of like magic?" <laughs> she's like, "She's like not exactly." And I go there, and he's got his shirt off, and he kind of sounds like. Oh, I already like the guy. I already like the guy. <laughs> I like it already. Guy's got good taste. I'm into this <laughs> costume. He is actually the Burt Kreischer of rapping. Let's How just do you say spell Dirte? How do you spell Dirte? Hilarious that I'm that you're asking that I'm telling you. He'll love this. D I R T A Y. Why? How did I not? Argue? I think on Twitter he's the asshole Dirte. <laughs> oh my god, I love him. So so. He's got a couple real good songs. So this show I go to, my sister's front row, dancing, singing along at this bar. And one of the songs, he's like, he's like him? there it is, baby. <laughs> there it is, 
baby. He, that he is legit, the father to my nieces. He legit follows through with the name Dirte. Yeah, man. And he's I like, he's a great dude, man. And big sports guy, big comedy guy. Uh, you know, um, fan of yours for sure. It's just, he, he knows all the good shit, you know? So, so, but, uh, I go to the show and he's up there rapping me like, all these bitches got to suck my dick. And when you get to the trick and get on your knees, and if you don't respect, then you fucking suck my sack and fucking. Oh, and, and then my sister's up front, like singing along. And he's just like, and I'll talk you. I'll fuck you. I'll do it. And I'm just like, and she's singing along. And I'm just like, what is happening? And then he's like, there's a current bitch in my life that I love. And I'm just like, and, I mean, again, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, he's like, and I gave it to her the way you gave it to her. And I'm looking at like my buddy and he's like, I think he's singing about his sister. Lingy's thinking about your sister. Lick on these balls and suck my dick. And you're and like, then I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if that's her. And he's like, so Natalie, put your hands in the air. I'm like, okay, that's definitely about it. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Her brother's a comedian. He's got a podcast. <laughs> he's standing in the back. Everybody. <laughs> he's right there. He's shaking his head like it's not him, but it's him. 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 <laughs> Imagine I, him actually singing that. It's him. It's him. It's him. <laughs> I, uh, you know, there's like a part of me that oh. really, I, I honestly, I've said this to Tom oh. a million times. I can't believe I haven't put out a rap album. <laughs> I know, like, man. I love, I love, first of all, I'm a really good rhymer. Like, I really, like, when I first started, I was doing comedy guitar. Like, in college, I would play the guitar and write songs. I love it. And I, 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 and it was, it was so fun. I was saying to someone, I was saying maybe to Jeff Dunham that like, you'll, you'll never, maybe it was Jeff Dunham. I was like, you'll never know the joy. So a lot of comics will never know the joy. Like a lot of comics look down at like musical comedy of guys who write songs and play them, but they'll never know the joy of putting together a song. How much fun it is. It's so different than doing a bit. Bert, I can't agree with you more. I put out a comedy song album last year and you know, on the road, when I headline, I do, you know, the show's about hour 20, uh, you know, you get about 55 hours out of jokes and then 15 to 20 is improvised musical crowd work that I do at the end. I used to do it with Avery Pearson on the keys and now I've been doing it with this kid, Jeremy Shockley, who uh, plays uh, guitar and we, you know, cause I do a crowd work and, and, you know, I just put out a crowd work album and, and, uh, and it's so fun, dude, to make up songs with them. Summers, we do a couple scripted ones and then we just, it's crowd work through the music. Dude, I'll send you a couple of these clips. It's fire man because people it's through music it's like and we both have musical backgrounds and it's fun and you're still riffing off shit but getting to kind of uh you know um find these moments through music it's almost like having a puppet there's uh, there's shit you can get away with when it's through song and you're singing it like this one uh, couple in arizona this guy had six kids and i started singing about which was your favorite and we got everyone in the crowd going which is your favorite? <laughs> Who do you not like the most? <laughs> it was just like, which one? If you left them at the bus, would you not miss? You know, it was just like, all this. not miss. <laughs> but people were singing along and it was so I, I a thousand percent get you, man. It's another it's another, uh, you know, thing to have in your in your pocket, you know. Oh, I, I wrote the last comedy song I wrote was the Ballad of Big Tommy Buns. It was when we were <laughs> I just found it. I'm not even joking. I just found it. Like I found that out. Writing, uh, me writing it out. And it was like, it's just really fun yeah, to write a comedy song because it's a lot of it's arithmetic. A lot of it is, it has to work out. Um, but, but I love the improv of music 
on in com- I love all the improv of comedy and you kind of lose that a little bit in theaters like you I remember so I remember someone saying like if you got an hour in a club you got about 35 minutes in a theater and I was like oh you're crazy and they were like and I did my first theater and I was like oh wow I don't even have and then when you take your hour in a theater oh you've got two hours in a club because you can have so much fun in a yeah. club I know it, like so much fucking fun. I was just saying this on a conference call, literally three minutes before we started going, going this, uh, like I want to do, we're talking about start doing a tour, starting up a tour. And I was like, I definitely want to get into some clubs. Cause I feel like I've been swimming in overalls in these, uh, in these driving shows. And I know how to Leanne said the, my wife is not the best at analogies and doesn't <laughs> get analogies, but she crushes so much other stuff. That's all right. I don't know, fucking. You know what she did today? We were in a conference call and I was saying I was saying a story about how I, I've been wanting this is going to sound horrible. I know people aren't going to take this the right way by being serious. Yeah. One of the I read this article about Down syndrome uh, being all but er- eradicated when I say eradicated because of abortion in like uh, the the uh, Scandinavian countries. That's yeah. what I had read an article and they were saying that because of early testing, now they've just eliminated Down syndrome. Uh, that you you don't see any people with Down syndrome. And I was trying to find the upside of what that would offer in America. And they were saying that, you know, because I was I'm not I'm not a big abortion guy. I think every woman should make her own decision about her body. Oh, but personally, I would never uh, I would never have a hard time aborting a baby syndrome. I would I would have a hard time doing that. You have a tough time aborting a party. How could you do it to a to a person? Tell me about it. And then I said to Leanne, I, I, I said to Leanne, one night over wine, I said, one of the things that stresses a parent out is when I pass away, what's going to happen to my child? He's oh, dependent wow. on me. And so I said, oh, my God. Immediately, I was like, let's hire someone with Down syndrome. Like, let's hire an adult, adult Down syndrome. And by the way, that's all I was trying to say in this conference call was like, you know, we had actually talked about hiring someone with Down syndrome. And then she just starts going off to the side in a fucking Zoom. I go, what the fuck are you doing? And she goes, I don't know what he's talking about right now. And I go, hold on. We definitely, she goes, yeah, but we're not going to do it. And I go, that's not my point. That My point was that we talked about it. She goes, oh, we talked about it. And I go, then don't fucking shake your head. Like, like you're a hostage going, I'm actually not being treated that well. I go, what the fuck? I'm having so many issues with my wife right now where I go, don't do this shit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what it is, is I haven't drank. I, I drank like, I think twice, maybe in December. Wow. I, I drank. I, I drank. I definitely. I don't count the night before, but I drank once with my dad, and then so maybe three times in December, and then none in January so far. And I think because I'm sober, it's almost like dealing with someone that she's never been married to, like Holy someone shit. who's like holding everyone accountable for stuff. <laughs> normally, it's like I'm just going like, I'm sorry, everybody, I fucked yeah. up, and I like left and fucking right it's so interesting uh, but yeah but she, things so, are just uh, heightened a little bit more you do look more svelte by the way in the face i've noticed that from your gram and even right now dude so oh, keep 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 on it you, I, will say this I don't about, look like a bloated drunken sailor i mean yeah you, you always you know you i don't know man you keep it together but it, recently you're really looking uh uh chiseled in that department i will say this about leanne and i what i do dig is and maybe you can give me some tips because you know my my girl is uh, just the best. And I feel like I lucked out because of the uh, uh, acceptance and support for what 
like I'm doing. Like even this, I was my mic I left in the um, car and my computer was being all fritzy with the whatever. She fucking pulled out her shit, set up the laptop, set up my light, pulled up the thing. And it's just like, tell Bert hi and just, you know, killing it. And so fun and sweet. Loves comedy is now in the business. And um, and and, you know, and little, you know, tips, but we're here and there, but but get through them. So hearing these things and you guys crush it, you know, with everything going on to see like how much you guys love each other and, and the and the support system. It's like, man, I I it's it feels like uh that is so integral to the whole beast right like yeah. it's and uh and so i i feel lucky in that department but so give me some maybe some some tips as things progress once when does when do when does it get like obviously kids probably shake things up a little bit but i feel like you guys have crushed that uh 10 times over so like is there is it like always like maybe having a a day or night or like a vacay or something. How do you like balance out all the, the nonstopness that's going on with you guys? I, th- I, I honestly think, I mean, there's, I, 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 the one thing I know for a fact is that, uh, this is so stu- stupid. And, and of course everyone's going to go. Yeah, obviously, but we genuinely make each other laugh when we're not supposed to make each other laugh. Yes. Like, like even in me getting mad at her, we're on a Zoom, and I st- still was laughing at her. And I was like, "What fucking like? I how mad would she be if she started telling a story and I just started going?" <laughs> oh, like, dude, that's, would, yeah. I go, "Why would you do that?" And then she's laughing at me in the kitchen. She goes, "So I didn't know what you're gonna say." And I said, "But yeah, but a lot of people don't hear people and then just go no, like whatever it is. Like the other day, I dropped my glasses behind the bed and I reached under the bed." And I couldn't reach them. Now I knew if I got something to help me reach them, I could yeah. get them. But it's like eleven. By the way, it sounds like the opening for an infomercial for something that you need to get the glasses behind the bed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I felt trouble behind the bed. I couldn't get them, so I pulled out. Hey, has this happened to you? Get the fucking glasses behind the bed stick. We're working on the title. <laughs> so I go to the living room and I go. She's still up. We've been watching the Queen, and she's gonna. I'm gonna read. She likes to be alone and just read. So I go out and I go, hey, babe, I go, listen, my glasses fell behind the bed and I tried to reach them, but I figured with your little body, maybe you could reach back. And she Perfect. stood up and started laughing at me, like going, and, but it was the, I've never seen someone laugh like this. Yeah. Every time she saw me, it would make her laugh harder. And she was going like, ah, ah. and so the next morning, the next morning we find out our dog has a yeast infection. Oh God! She goes, she goes, hey, just giving you a heads up. The doctor says we got to spray vinegar on our dog's vagina and rub it in. And I figured with your little body and I started crying, <laughs> fucking laughing, going, I'm definitely not doing that. My glasses are still behind the bed. You're spraying vinegar on the dog's pussy. You can suck it. <laughs> I think I think that uh, like, I think honestly, I, I don't, you know, it's, this is going to sound very callous and crass, but like, sure. <clears throat> and it's, it's going to sound mean, but like, I don't, I don't, I don't look at her. Like she doesn't look like I, when I met her, right? Like she's gotten older. She's 50 years old, but I don't look at her as old. Like I don't see her as old. I look at Prince she's Philip. Crushing I, look it, man. At, I look at Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth and I go, I wonder if Prince Philip looks at her and he's like, I, I couldn't fuck that. Right. Like that, not, that's not the girl I married. 
But then I'm looking at Leanne going like, I would love to crush that. Like, That's I don't awesome. see her as getting older. That's awesome. And I, and I, I, I go, is that like, does that like, and, and by the way, and, I, and not, nothing wrong with like, like, uh, uh, porn stars and like beautiful women and stuff. Yeah. But like, I don't know, man, for whatever it is, it's almost like getting blinders on with her. I just go, I, I wish I could wrap my head around it. We make each other laugh. And, and I'll tell you my That's one huge. secret, my one secret that I did that I was very cognizant of. And it happened on a podcast. We did a podcast with this guy, Javier, I think was his name. And, uh, Bardem? No, dude. He is such a good actor. So good. So fucking good. I just watched up. for old man the other oh day. Oh my God. Twice in a day. I watched it twice in a day. Twice. Anything new that you found the second time around? Uh yeah. This is this story is not about Javier and, and uh Josh Brolin. It's about Tommy Lee Jones. This the whole title, No Country for Old Men, means Life is changing. The world is changing. You can't stop it. And you're not going to be able to affect that change. You might as well just fucking die. Like it fucking, my daddy had a horn full of what, like they used to Tommy Lee Jones is so fucking good in this movie. Yeah, he's so fucking good. Anyway, my point is I did this podcast with this guy. I I don't know. His name's not Javier now that I think about it, but something like that. Yeah. And I started trying to match her support for me. So I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, she's super supportive of, supportive of me. Even when I failed a million times, she still was like, mm-hmm. believed in me when I did definitely didn't believe in myself. Like I keep saying to her, can you believe that this worked out? And she's like, yeah, I always knew it was going to work out. And I was like, I didn't, I was like, I thought I'd be working for fucking, I'd be working for animal planet until I was fucking 60. <laughs> and she was like, and so I start, I got her a podcast meeting. Like, no, I didn't get it for, her, but I, I made it happen. I forced her into her own creativity. I like, I said, you're doing a podcast. And I said, and then I said, you know, anytime she said she had an idea, I want to go back to UCLA. I want to do some writing classes. I would just force her into it and go, you have to do that. Like, I think for Leanne, I can only speak for Leanne, but like matching her support for me was super important for our relationship because it made her feel, it made her part of the team. Yeah, and it, that it wasn't just the Burt Kreischer show. and Because yes. me and you, I, and I'm, I won't speak for me and you, I'll say me, I can make it, I can steal everyone's thunder and make the party about me. Yes. I, I, Even if I go into the fucking back room at the comedy store, I can, I've had people say to me, yeah, 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 that's great. We were having a conversation and then I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just walked in the room. I thought I'd be a fucking tornado yeah. and then roll out. <laughs> But so I think that was a big, big, big shift in our relationship was like me starting to support her was like, how did she, that's, that's a great advice, by the way. And I appreciate that. How did she feel? Cause I said, I tagged you in this video when, um, when my girl set up another great thing, we, I just got back from Australia and she was trying to think of something, uh, fun to do. We got back before we took off out of town that we could do that was like outdoors. And so that's when she set up and surprised me got a little stony baloney and drove through the winter wonderland and then saw your fucking 360 degree fucking body. And I go, I was, I mean, we were losing it. And I was like, dude, this is, I don't know why, but certain things that are unexpectedly awesome like that Trump, any special or show or cereal or shoe or anything that you ever have done or do to me in that moment, I was like, he made it. (laughs) 
Dude, we had that same experience, except okay. not high. We were with the girls. Oh. And I was so excited to see myself, and my girls could not give a fuck. Oh, really? I feel they like it's like, such a. Oh, yeah. They just were like, well, they've oh, just seen cool. so much dope shit, man. They're just, you know. You know, it's, it, they, I, I sent, we do this thing with, uh, with, I can't say her name out loud because it fucks up everything, but Alexa. Um, <laughs> we do this thing where we, we ask her to make announcements in the room. And so we'll, if you do announcement, it goes to all the rooms. And then we all start announcing back and forth to each other. It is fucking hilarious, right? That's brilliant. So we do, uh, you say, Alex, go make, make an annou- announcement. And I said, this morning, I said, uh, I have a TV show premiering tonight at nine o'clock, eight central. I expect everyone to be fancy dressed in the living room for my premiere. And then Georgia wrote, Georgia said back, same next announcement. We've been doing this since I was seven. I will, I'll wear whatever I want to wear. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot, man. Like, they, the first TV show I ever did was like, they've been doing this th- for 10 years. Wow. They don't really give up. Like they, for them, TBS means nothing compared to travel channel. They don't have a perspective. They've right. never been TV people. Like they still don't watch TV. They watch Netflix and yeah. like, so I'm just there. It's interesting. How little my kids give a fuck, but the show looks dope, man. And uh, it's, it was a fun show to shoot. Yeah. It looks, I mean, it looks, you know, big and it, and uh, I don't know. You got a great, uh, slew of people alongside you is Snoop as, and you've probably talked, stop me if you've talked about Snoop uh, too much, but I've just seen, uh, you know, other friends kick it with them. I've heard weed smoking stories with them, but like you and him together makes me so happy. And when, and if you keep, <clears throat> you bring something's burning back, which when, and if you do, please have Brad and I back so he can fall off the stool again. Uh, that clip still, by the way, gets sent to me probably three times a week. But <laughs> that was one of the hardest I, I've ever laughed in my life. Is that for real? <laughs> that was so fucking great. Yeah, I'm, we're we're bringing something's burning back is coming back uh, after oh. pandemic because you got it's got to be in person. Yes, it um, has to be. But Snoop, you I couldn't Snoop, Snoop getting on that with you would be unreal. By the way, oh, I mean, I never give- have to share a joint with him because it was. By the way, I don't even know if Snoop shares joints. I think he just smokes them by himself. But probably pandemic, we were so locked down that there was like, he would just give you blunts. Like he would give me blunts and be like, there you go. And then I found out his blunts are like $75. They're not cheap. They're like a gram of weed. Like (laughs) I smoked one one time and was after the first hit was clearing debris out of my mouth. Like, (laughs) like I was a fucking first responder at 9-11. Like, like he they're <laughs> strong. he Ugh. he was once so uh, this is my favorite snoop story i told it i haven't told it i don't think on this podcast oh, but I, I told it a little bit on like doing press and it just showed up on accident but so i really wanted to have my moment i wanted to hang with him like i really yes. did and I, I didn't say it out loud i didn't tell him i just wanted to hang out with him because i'm he knows this now but i'm like a really big fan I, I've always been a big fan. Yeah. I told him the first time. I mean, and I'd let that. I was very concerned about be trying to get him to like me. I, th- I was like, he's not going to like me. And Segura was like, dude, don't force it. Don't try to don't overthink it. Be yourself. Be yourself. 100%. If you think ripping your shirt off and being a fucking chill, chugging a beer in front of him is then do it. it but be yourself because he, he kept saying who you are is who we like. But when you start to manufacture who Bert is, that's when 
people can sniff it out. And I was like, well, I don't want to do the wrong thing. He goes, don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. So I played it cool. Like I met him and I, I became, we had red grant we had in common. And so he right. FaceTime red grant the first night we hung out. Red was like, Oh, his shirt should be off. And then I was like, all right, we're good. And so then slowly I'd start letting him know that I was a fan. We talk about music. We talk about stuff, but I wanted to have my moment where I hung out with him one night, just kind of party with him a little bit. Yes. And so one night we're getting done. We've been shooting late and, uh, we're going back to our trailers. Our trailers were like in a cluster in the parking lot outside the civic center in at Macon. And he gets into his trailer. Mine's a little further away. And he yells over. He's like, yo, Bert. And I'm like, what's up? And he's like, come on over. You want to take a shower? And I was like, huh? He's like, come on over. Let's take a shower. And I was like, okay. And I'm like, my shirt's already off. Cause I was a second. We got done. I take my shirt off and be shirtless. Yep. And I was like, I, I don't know if that's code for something like, <laughs> I haven't listened to any of his latest albums. And I'm like, I wonder if like, okay. So I go over and his bodyguards are there. And I'm like, Hey, um, Snoop wants me to come in and take a shower. And they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And just open the door. And I'm like, okay. So I go in and Snoop's sitting in the, um, sitting in his kitchen, like in his kitchen, in his trailer with his hands on the table. And he's like, yo, what's up? I said, nothing. He goes big Bert. And I'm like, Snoop dog. And he's, like, he's like, so you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, let's, let's take a shower. And he was like, what? I said, I said, you called me over here to take a shower, right? And he said, no. I said, let's take a shot. And I went, oh, I thought you said shower. And Adam, he freezes and he goes, you thought I asked you to take a shower and you came over anyway? <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm a really big fan, man. I figured, fuck it, let's shower. It's a story either way. I need my story, Snoop. <laughs> and I was like, fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> and so we ended up and, it's, and we ended up taking shots. And uh, and, and then, then a shower. And then <laughs> he goes, fuck it, I man. Smoking, smoking cigars. We go to Cody Rhodes' trailer. We FaceTime with Dave Chappelle. It was like the craziest fucking night. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, and you, I forget, you forget, you know, you, you're talking to Snoop. You forget. The, we're talking the straight up lineage. The, the guy's history is is one thing. His catalog's one thing. I know. You also remember, oh, this guy's a fucking multi millionaire who is it was succeeded on many platforms. Yeah. And and I was I was I geeked out, man. It's like when I first met Rogan. I told Rogan this. I was like, you know, now that I know Joe as as I do. I I know there's a. I, I don't, this I, Joe would be shake his head at this, but like there's a certain way you, you don't approach Joe mm. because it just is it. There's a certain way to turn Joe off. I think if, yep. if, if I'm speaking as a friend of, and having watched a million people do yes. it, yes. do it. Yeah. A, a million people oh, do it to him and, and watch him shut down and freeze and be like, okay. And walk away. Mm. Yeah. And I, completely did that to him when i met him i mean i walked up what is that like, arm around him like no, no 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 when it's, it's changed a bunch obviously back rub ask him to take a shower what is it <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you though i'll tell you the one I, no i walked into his house and i was like i went through this back when we did the podcast at his house and he opened the door and he's like what's up and i was like hey man big fan i go real quick i need to see your dog i need to see your pool table i need to see your uh deprivation tank i need to get high and then we can do the podcast i'm gonna have to geek out a little bit and he was like okay 
And he took me. We went and go looked at his dogs. We looked, walked me around his house. That's right. Down to his deprivation tank, went back up, sat in his backyard, smoked a joint. Red Band showed up, did the podcast, and I've been friends with him ever since. But I now know that, like, Joe definitely doesn't want to hear that you're a big fan. He definitely does. Like, like Like a dude. Yeah, he just wants to be. He just, he, I mean, I've seen, I've seen people, I've seen people. Oh, where you're just sitting there next know, to like man. you're sitting there next to Segura watching someone we know we know like we know these people like very I could go give you a name of five people right now where you'd go I want to hear that story and oh, watch it explode oh. I've seen them I've seen them ha- happen so poorly where you go hey man do you have no social tact like, at all where you just go. Clearly, the man is in a private conversation. Oh, God. Like, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Oh, man. Yeah. And, and you know, it sounds silly, very silly, because Joe's, Joe is obviously a fucking black belt and everything. But, like, yeah. you get very protective of him. And, yep. and like, as, as a friend, you become, you see it so often where sometimes it, you know, the, the attackers come in from the left and they miss their target and Joe walks away. But you're sitting there going, hey, man, they're like, I know you're talking to Joe. You're friends with Joe. Do you think you can get me to do his podcast? And by the way, I've seen the I've seen the wolves come in and latch on. And maybe Joe didn't notice it. And you want to but you you want to go like, hey, just give me a heads up. That guy's a fucking. But then you go, yeah. hey, man, Joe's his own man. He's a grown up. He's, and he's such an him and divine do the same thing where they're just such nice guys that they want to give people their moments and they want to be respectful and whatever. But then, then there is a like. There is a, a a tolerance and a threshold to a certain point to where they almost kind of look at the person in a way, at least from what I've seen, of like, hey, man, we chatted for five minutes, like, read the room, like, see that there's other people around. I'm doing my thing. Like, I was generous and kind of kicked it for a second. But like, it's, you know, move on, like, get come in for a second. Now, don't stick around now. Try to get my number and, and you know, hey, you want to go to, you know, uh, Mel's Diner later? Like, I'll buy you, I'll buy you a shake. We'll take a shower uh, real quick. That Snoop thing. That is so funny and so insane. And by the way, I get if you were to poll 98% of dudes, they all would have done the same thing. <laughs> so yeah. that and that for him to be surprised by that is very funny. But also, <laughs> I just don't. I mean, I love that you were just like, fuck it, man. Like, you know, like this is it's for the okay, show. I'll, I'll Maybe with them. It's maybe it's a story we can talk about <laughs> during press. I'll start with them. I'll, and then you probably in your head, I mean, you're like, I'll keep mine swim trunks on. He can take his off. Like, I don't know. Like, or vice like, versa. Know, man. maybe he wants me to watch him shower. Like, I know that there's that old school thing. I'm cool with it. I'm cool. <laughs> there was so many. Ugh. There was so many funny. There was like a big. Uh, <laughs> there was a big. There's a picture out there. I don't know where it is. Of is this, you know, we shot that show during all of what was going on socially. Yeah. In America That's and black cool. lives matters was a big thing. And one time they were doing a big picture. It was all the black people on set Snoop. Uh, my friend, uh, Candace is, is organizing it. And she's like, uh, they got like big black lives matter signs and it's all black people. And they're like, and, so, and someone's like, Bert, come on in. And I was like, oh, I'm good. And they're like, what? And I was like, okay, okay. I'm in, I'm in. And, but I was like, I was like, Hey guys, I don't know if you want me ruining your picture or like, I don't know if this is going to stand out. I say a lot of unsavory things on stage. Like I go, I just want to give you the out to like, say, I'll, I don't need to be in this picture. <laughs> like there's, there yeah. was so many fucking. Take it a was, think about if this is what you want. 
Yeah, think about it real quick. Do you want to check out Hey Big Boy? Because after there's this joke about 13 minutes in that you might go, oh. The, it's funny because, you know, someone said, do you want to do a season two? And I said, I do. I definitely do. I would 100% want to yeah. do it. However, the way we did it this year was in um, a bubble, in a Macon. And you, as you know, a bubble is so fucking safe. It's so yeah. fun because it's just your people. Yeah. And it's like, there is no other experience. What was that like when you shot the rocks show? Oh man. Quarantine for two weeks. So, you, you know, landed, uh, flew to New Zealand and flew the, to, to Brisbane and literally got to the hotel. They, you know, gave me a beat to smell like, you know, get wait, your wait, ass wait, wait. Yeah, I, lost her. I lost her. I lost you. I lost oh. you. Did so flew, flew from LA to uh, New Zealand, the New Zealand to Brisbane. And then, uh, and then you get on the uh, street right outside the hotel and, and they just kind of gave me a beat to get a, a one last whiff of fresh air. I had a little balcony and then, and then I, they took me upstairs, 24 hour security. I was the last one to quarantine uh, for the, uh, for, for the season. And so uh, the, uh, you know, you can have food and booze delivered if you wanted. I didn't pick up on that until like day five. And so I just like have like almonds and fucking a loaf of bread that definitely had been there from someone else's quarantine and so and so i was just like i mean just scrounging it and then ha i brought some like nutrigrain bars and some other shit that were in my suitcase so i was literally like uh strawberry uh strawberry nutrigrain dinner again you know? <laughs> and uh and then uh and then you know just being alone by yourself i gotta 14, be honest did was, you, you did 14 days yeah okay did you have any what did you do to work out did they let you into the gym no, no. So they brought me, I asked them, I was like, can you get me weights? Can you get me a medicine ball? Can you get me, um, can you get me a Peloton? Can you get me the rocks schedule or Mark Wahlberg himself or a cutout of him yeah. that I can work out with? And they were like, we can't get you any of that. Well, we can't get you as an exercise bike from 1985. So they brought up this bike that at least had the shoes to plug into. And so I did the bike and I've never been a bike. I'm like a stair stepper guy or a, which by the way, when when I first started doing the stair stepper and told that to um, uh, a girlfriend of mine in college, she was like, it's so gay. And I go, what? And then it, to her, I go, I go, it's not like I'm doing it like this. <laughs> like, well, I'm taking steps. And she didn't laugh at that. And I was like, all right, that was me trying to make a joke and to be self-deprecating about the thing. But so, so the bike took a minute to get used to, but so I could break a sweat that way and then had weights. And then uh, who I'm playing, I can't say it, but it's, but he's, you know, he's pretty, uh, pretty beefed up. And so I had to kind of really do that a little bit more. If in, in later seasons, I'll probably have to really think about, you know, who knows, man, maybe shooting up some areas, but, uh, yeah. um, but it was, it wasn't terrible. So, but having a workout thing, I love that you asked that because that was, um, that was insane. Like I had to have something to break a sweat. I had a lot, you know, I did a lot of all of my voiceover stuff remotely, self-tape auditions, podcasting, the schedule was whatever, but had a balcony. Here's the great thing. The Rock sent me uh, a bottle of uh, tequila, which I just assumed like on day four of his Terramana. And I was like, fucking what a sweet thing. It was like, welcome me to the, to the show. And uh, so I'm like, oh, it's probably what he does for everybody. So once I get out, you know, I had this little balcony. I was having cocktails out there, FaceTime with people. Just to be outside for a little bit was great. Yeah. Bert. Like to be, if I didn't have an ability to get any fresh air, I probably would have gone a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh, because the inside by yourself, we've done it for years. You get used to it. You know how to make a schedule for yourself and be busy so that you don't aren't waking up being like, all right, I guess I'll brush my teeth and then stare out the window again and contemplate jumping. So it was like I uh, – <laughs> so, so I uh, – 
I get out and I'm talking to some cast members and I was like, dude, man, how, uh, how great was that uh, tequila that The Rock sent? <laughs> this one guy I was talking to is a pretty healthy part on the show. He goes, I guess I didn't eat tequila. <laughs> and then I go, I go, oh, I go, well, at least we had that balcony to uh, get some fresh air. He goes, balcony? <laughs> I, go, I go, oh, fuck. I go, I, I guess, you know, some of the rooms were different. I go, and then I was like, I got the last room. It was whatever, you know, they probably, but, but uh, it, I don't know. It wasn't, the whole experience was not as bad as it probably could have been. Getting out, which is why in this first season, I only shot about three days in the, in the three weeks I was there when I got out. So, um, man, I did stand up. I did three to four shows every night. I met a couple local comics. Ronnie Chang is on the show too. And he, he, uh, told me, um, hooked me up with some people cause he lived out in Australia for a long time. And, uh, and I met a few comics and then just was in the scene, dude. And I was doing shows every night, a, because I could, and I could be outside. I went to a rugby game. I was fucking, you know, going to, I was just soaking it up, but the, the, Doing shows out there was a big blessing, and and uh, I'm trying to write a joke about Ronnie Chang's right now. Hold on one second. <laughs> Hold on one second. Hang on one second. Hang on one second. I'm, I I have the name on the tip of my tongue. He's uh I'm God damn it. Hang on. Oh, no. God fucking. Hold on one second. God damn it, Bert. I wish I was smarter than this. <laughs> Can we edit it? Can we edit it in and post after the show? Yeah, hold on. God. Did Ronnie Chang play Mr. Fuji? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Fuji was like the fucking wrestler in the fucking in the 80s. Do you remember him? No. It was he was a ripoff of he was a ripoff of all the James Bond characters. Oh wow. Yeah. So it was like it was back when you could only play. What's, what's what's interesting about this already that I'm fascinated by yeah. about this this TV sh- movie or TV show? TV show, yeah, for NBC, yeah. TV show is, you know, obviously The Rock is his he has connections as a young man to all the fucking wrestlers that I grew up watching. Yeah, his pops then, was a wrestler. That's why he was around all that. He was almost like the way Polly was around the comedy store with Mitzi and just having all these older guys be become buddies and family to him, you know? Oh, I'm dude, I'm such I didn't, I didn't think I was a wrestling fan at all. Like I just was like, I was like, yeah, I don't watch it. I didn't realize I know a lot about it. I know a great deal about wrestling just, just by growing up in Florida, like growing up in Florida, you know everything about wrestling. Um, you're going to geek out then. So Mr. Fuji was like the, he was back then you were allowed like one Russian, one Iranian, like a lunatic Muslim, uh, 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 one black guy, but he had to have an animal with him. You know, like there was like, it was, there was a, uh, it was Where's the- your cougar, Darius. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Keenum Superior Kratom. Uh, this is a podcast sponsor I asked for. I think I asked for it on Two Bears, One Cave or on this, and they showed up. They hit me up, and I'm super excited. I have not used it yet. I'm going to use it with Tom, I think, tomorrow morning together. I think we're going to use it on Two Bears, One Cave. I am so excited. They just shipped me a bunch. Here's what, okay, here's what you need to know. Keenum Superior Kratom offers potent lab-tested Kratom at affordable price. What is Kratom? Kratom is a powder that in a low dose can make your day energetic and fruitful. Kratom types are generally divided into three different colors, red, white, green vein strains. Different kratom colors have different kratom effects. Each effect can be beneficial for, and here's what it's good for, mild pain reduction, depression, energy and focus, 
relaxation, anxiety, diabetes is the only one I don't have on here and mild withdrawal symptoms. Every, by the way, I might have diabetes. I don't even know. Ketum Kratom is shipped to their facility where they craft their Kratom products to perfection. Ketum's quality and safety standards are a top priority, enhancing health and well-being of their customers across the nations. Ketum offers 25 Kratom strands, Kratom extracts, tablets, capsules, and liquid liquid tinctures shipped from their GMP-compliant facility in beautiful Los Angeles, California. It is sitting on my counter. I'm taking it to Two Bears, One Cave tomorrow. I am so fucking excited. I am. So, I have another friend who's been using it, and he swears by it. He does it like he starts off his podcast with it. I won't say his name, but you know who the fuck this is. Check out Ketum at www.shopketum.com and use the promo code BIGBERT for 20% off all Ketum products. That's Big Bert for 20% off all Ketum products at www.shopketum.com. So wait, I'm fascinated by your quarantine yeah. because my quarantine, so you did 14 days quarantine and then they let you like let you go out and do stuff? Yes. So once you're out, I mean, dude, no mask, living and really? breathing. Oh, because almost- they were like, they were at like 0%. Their cases were very low. So they were pretty much back to uh, back to easy living. And it was like bars were pretty much, I think the Tuesday after I left, everything opened to full capacity. But at the rugby game, they were handing out masks. Nobody wore them. And it was like the game I went to was like uh, Australia versus New Zealand, which was like a Super Bowl type match for them, I guess. And it was stadium was packed. And just being at a sporting event, dude, was unbelievable. Um, I was, I mean, all the chants, the I screaming. I can only imagine. Dude, Bert, I can't even tell you. It, I, I mean, afterwards, I was like, rugby's my favorite sport. <laughs> and it is fun to watch. And it was exciting. And and um, uh, this guy who was on the show only for, I think, one day hit me up. He's like, yeah, my cousin plays on the team. I saw you're out here on the show. Do you want to just, I, I thought you might want to do something like this. And I, seats four rows uh, back, center midfield. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. So I bought drinks because I was like, what a cool thing for him just to reach out. He just doesn't know me, saw him on the sh- out here for the show and was like, do you want to come? I figure you're probably bored. And, and, um, and, but just being around the, uh, the sport, the, the stadium environment, dude, and every part of it, it's almost like with comedy, like you're like, oh, I missed the, now I missed the little traveling things or I missed the green room thing, all the things that maybe were kind of, um, you know, getting in the way of, of, of what you're doing. I was just like, you know, waiting in line for a beer or any, any, you know, the bathroom, I was just like, man, I can't wait just to pee next to somebody. Like I just, you know, I just, <laughs> I can't wait to, no, oh, dude, me, man. Your dick. Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> Guys like, all right, Mike. So, so, so we did quarantine for five days. Okay. We didn't do 14. Yeah. We did five days and then, um, That's doable, but man, no, it wasn't. I had a really oh. hard time with it and okay. we were allowed so when you say 14 days, I would have had a gun in my mouth. I, oh, I thought oh, we walked on for a minute. I went down a lot of YouTube rabbit holes of like soldiers coming home early to surprise their kids. And then like, and then, you know, animal attack videos just to balance out the tears. Like I started was, watching, I started watching, uh, every wrestler who had killed himself. I watched all their videos. Anyone who had died. Like I, I didn't drink for like the first, I think I want to say like the first 10 days we were oh, in good. quarantine. I didn't drink. I didn't drink the f- first five in, but was gobbling up Xanax. I was like, I'd get out. I, you were allowed to go walk in the parking lot. So I would walk this loop in the parking lot that was like a mile and a half. And I would just do it until the sunset. 
and just walk like a fucking crazy dog. And then I was like, <laughs> and then I'd have panic set in. I was like, so I guess I'll just go sit in a room and I just eat a Xanax, pass out, and then wake up, do it again, and then wake up, do it again. But I, my, my bus driver, Ron, uh, took me into quarantine. And I don't know. I'm just saying, I think Ron would say the same thing. Ron, I think Ron's had a brother in, uh, or two in prison and he knew how to send someone into prison. <laughs> me and him went to me and him went to Dick's sporting goods. And he was like, I'm gonna get you a racquetball. You can throw it against the wall. I'm gonna get you. You need a yoga mat. You need some free weights. You need to, yeah. like, and he just, we just bought everything in Dick's. So I had two rooms. I had the, my room and then a, the room, a workout room. Joining. And so I just filled that one with everything. And, and Snoop <sighs> gave me this boom box. Oh, you can't see it. Hold on. That boom box. Holy shit. You got a Snoop box? Yeah. And so he gave us that. So we had that. He left. Anytime you wanted his wine or his or his uh, or his gin, all you had to do is just be like, hey, man, you got any wine? And they just drop wine over your house. And we were on. Did you guys have a meal plan? No, we had a, I mean, you had a, a cards to get like a per diem to get, uh, so basically I, once I figured out I could Uber eats, I'd use the per diem to, to order oh, some stuff. All but, our stuff was in like meal delivery and my oh. cousin signed me up for pescatarian. So all of a sudden, like first five days, I'm like down like 10 pounds and Just I'm eating feeling incredibly healthy, right? Eating incredibly healthy. And then I'm bored. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll do kettlebell swings in the next room and listen to, listen to a podcast. Wow. And I didn't drink. It wasn't until Snoop and I showered together that I drank <laughs> the first night. And then once I drank that night, the wheels were off. I know, Snoop man. You started hooking me up with blunts. And I was like, I was like, I will slowly work my way through a blunt the way a Finnish guy will work himself through a tree. And you know, have you ever seen a Finnish guy? They put the tree in the fire and then just start pushing it until it burns the whole thing. I was like, fuck it. So you were you were all on board, and then once you uh, had some, you were like, you know, pescatarian tofu is good, but also pop tarts dipped in Cool Whip could really go down smooth right now. Oh no! One day I'm walking by Snoop's trailer, and I go, I go, what's for lunch today, guys? And they're like, who gives a fuck? And I was like, what? <laughs> and they're like, who gives a fuck? What's for lunch? They're like we're eating oxtails today. And I was like, what? And they're like, we order oxtails every. We're ordering out of they ordered out of this Soul restaurant every day. And I went. Yeah. Wait, I like oxtails. And they're like, you want some? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, all right. <laughs> and so I go, I get back and there's a fucking platter of oxtails in my, I go, what the fuck? Is this how you've been eating every day? And they're like, yeah, yeah. we're not eating that fish bullshit. We eat like this every day. And then I started going, I can order out. And they're like, you're one of the five stars of the show. Like you're the only person who could, I was like, oh my God. I started getting so much shit. I was like, I want nine boxes from Zaxby's. I want, I want. Oh my let's God. Do, let's do cheeseburgers from McDonald's today. I started fucking my body up towards the end of that show. Yeah. In the finale, I look like a fucking balloon. <laughs> Did you, uh, in, in Australia too, they, um, there, there's huge dudes. I just thought like Hemsworth was maybe the only huge dude. Oh, no. There was a guy who came up to me after the second show I did. He's in the front. He's a huge guy, like probably six, seven, and just jacked. He looks like he looks like he could beat up Hemsworth. He's huge. And everyone's going in on him. And I just like didn't. And then afterwards he comes up and he's hammered. And he's like, Mike, he's like, you're my favorite comedian in the whole world. And I was like, well, you I definitely have not seen a lot of comedy. I was like, but I appreciate I'll take that compliment tonight because I just got out of quarantine and I am just looking for compliments right now. Yeah. And uh, and he goes, uh, he's like, I'm buying you shots. I was like, you said plural. He's like, we're doing all of them. I was like, how many is that? 
So then he's in my face. He's wearing a Michael Jordan jersey. We start talking hoops, talking comedy a little bit. His name's, uh, he goes, my name's Huge Huge. I go, what? He goes, well, my name's Eugene, but on Instagram, I'm Huge Huge. And I'm like, okay. And then, uh, and then he, <laughs> I go, you look like you eat owls. And he's, and, he, and he goes, uh, he goes, uh, he goes, uh, he goes, mate, he goes, he goes, do you want to uh, do a rack later? And I'm thinking rack means pool, right? So I'm like, I lean in and I go, fuck yeah. And then he just goes, he goes, or I go, I go rack. I go, oh, dude, I'd love to. And then he just goes, fuck yeah. And the way he responded to that, I was like, I don't think he means pool. Because he like leaned in, started grinding his teeth, and like his eyes got wide. And I was like, I think this guy means. Is this huge, huge? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> oh my God. The power of the internet. That's amazing, dude. Six, seven. <laughs> Is that what it says? Six, seven, 137 kilograms. Oh, I thought you were about to say pounds. I was like, that's not right. But no, yeah, that's not right. <laughs> I'll give him a follow for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, dude, his videos. He, 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 he. Uh, he. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, I thought you meant. I go, you don't mean pool. And he's like, no. And I was like, I was like, I should have guessed that by you doing that back and forth as you said rack. He's like, and I was like, oh yeah, man. Hey, I'm stripes. He's like, we're both stripes. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> so, so then he he was gonna come to another show, and he literally sends me a DM. He goes, sorry, bro, had some mates over. One of them was hitting on my girl. He threw a chair at me, so I threw him through the wall. Now the wall guy's here, and the cops are on their way. He goes, rain check? <laughs> I was like, if there's ever a time for a rain check, I go, first sure. of all, he was just so matter-of-fact about, like, guy hit me with a chair. I put him through the wall, yada, yada, yada. Wall guy's here. <laughs> I am picture a road trip with you, huge, huge, and dirty. <laughs> and me. Let's call Disney Plus right now. Get them on the phone. Wait, how? How? Why did you guys shoot in Australia? Because I think when uh, when the show I think was getting into production, I think was about probably February or March, and um, and uh, I found out by the way while I was on the uh, toilet at the uh, Chappelle camp. I went out there for. Um, oh yeah, time. I saw you in the Chappelle camp. Oh yeah, how, yeah. How was how 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 was that? How did that work awesome. out? So his tour manager is a really good buddy of mine and Jaleel White's a good buddy of mine and Jaleel knows Dave and, um, and Dave's, uh, tour manager as, as well. And, uh, Don L and all those guys. And Jaleel just hit me up and he was like, yo, you looking at the, seeing the Chappelle camp thing. I was like, yeah, it's insane. And, um, and I've been texting with, uh, with Dave's guy and, and, uh, and, and Jaleel was like, you know, we should see about trying to go out there. And I was like, yeah. And so I, uh, I asked Cena and he was like, yes, he's like, here's where to come. Here's where to go. And so we went out we found that weekend and went out and it was bonkers, dude. It was, it was, uh, I mean, we get there. It's truly a summer camp. Like every weekend there were different people coming through. Like our weekend was, you know, Tiffany, Sarah Silverman, Louie, uh, Donnell, Michelle Wolf and, and, and Mo Ammer were always there. And then, um, so it was stacked. And, uh, and then John Mayer was on that Saturday, get in, we immediately go to this restaurant to do a dinner. And I'm like trying to find my time. Like I, I brought Dave up on uh, shows at the store. I've smoked blunts with him in the back of the store, but not, but I just, you know, I don't assume someone remembers. He meets so many people. I'm there, you know, but I you know Jaleel and Dave's guy and Tiff and seeing commons, just lighting incense. Just like he would just, we'd be in a mid conversation. And he would just spark up incense. And I was like, 
I was like, man, that is some cool ass shit for you just to start lighting a piece of wood and waving it around like this just to get in sense going. He's like, hey, man, he's like, good sense, good vibes. I was like, see, I couldn't even say that after someone called me out for burning wood spontaneously. So then I see Dave and I introduce myself, whatever. Couldn't the whole time, dude, went out of his way to chum me up. Uh, uh, when, when I found out I got the part from the show, uh, I told my buddy, uh, Dave's uh, tour manager, he told Dave, Dave came up to me on that last night, uh, the, the day I found out, gave me a big hug and told me how pumped he was for me and, and just, just was so generous and attentive and, and, and kind. And it's like, even, you know, if I said something and he didn't want to, couldn't engage fully, he'd, he'd comment on it, whatever, open it up to the group. And then if he had to bounce out, would bounce out. But Really took the time to, to, to chum it up. But the first night, I thought I was going to get kicked out because we went to this restaurant for this little dinner and I'm just feeling good. You know when you get somewhere and you're like, you're feeling rested, you're feeling good. The, the, you know what's at stake for the whole weekend. You're like, this is going to be, I'm not going to have to shower with anybody to, 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 get, uh, <laughs> to, to get into the party. And I'm just hanging out. And, uh, and so Tiff starts smoking a, a joint and then Jaleel had brought some stuff and somebody else. So... By 9.30, Bert, I'm high as balls at this like dinner that, that there's probably 60 people at. It's all the people at the camp, the photographer, uh, it's, it's Dave's family, like everyone, Donnell, everyone's there. And I'm definitely the new guy with Jaleel this weekend, maybe a couple other people. And there's this standing ice bucket, right? The standing ice bucket that is, uh, that just, you know, you can just scoop it, like right at like, you know, way start leaning on it right dave at some before the party's really gonna get crazy everyone's already pretty fucked up Dave goes hey i just want to say something real quick he's like hey everybody so obviously we got another great weekend coming up isn't that but wait i lost you i lost you i lost you hold on oh shit i lost you i lost you i lost you i lost you hold on hold on go back to dave dave made a statement all right we got a great weekend coming up okay okay so am i good are we good yeah 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 so 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 dave uh Dave gets everybody together and he goes, Hey, I just want to say something real quick. Everybody got another great weekend. Chappelle summer camp. We got all this. And he's like, and, and he's like getting real heartfelt. And I'm again, high as balls. I had just been standing by the way, by myself so high that I, I don't think I could really talk. And I was just kind of watching. So at one point I remember I just was like staring at common. And then he like looked over at me, saw me, saw me staring at him and, and, and he just locked eyes and he goes, and I was like, <laughs> just gave him a thumbs up <laughs> incense my, up. my brother-in-law's a rapper i get it i get it i get it this you make sense common you make incense some would say <laughs> so, Hey guys, look at common incense over here. <laughs> oh, so I'm standing there. He gives me a look, was super kind to not make it weird that I was just staring stony at him. And then Dave gets everyone quiet and he's getting real heartfelt. And I'm leaning on the ice, the standing ice thing. And Bert, out of a fucking Chevy Chase movie, I just like, I'm like feeling the moment. And I'm just like, I need to lean on something. And I just kind of push my hand on it and just go, junk and just go, dude. And dude, dead quiet in a room that's the size of the belly room at the comedy store. And it's dead quiet as Dave had just gotten everyone to be quiet and said a heartfelt moment. 
I fall, bucket of ice. Have you heard a bucket of ice that's four feet off the ground fall onto the ground? It's loud as fuck. So it all falls down. I'm the new guy. And Dave just goes, the seas part so that I'm entirely visible. And Dave just goes, well, new guy. (laughs) (laughs) And then I stand up and I go, I go, I go, it's all good. I go, it's all good. I go, we'll get some more ice. I go, Dave, back to you. (laughs) And he just goes, he goes, oh man. He goes, (laughs) he goes, he goes, somebody get that guy a towel. And then said something else and then got right back into it. And Jaleel just looks at me and he goes, dude, the fuck, man? Keep fucking it together. white guys. Fucking yeah, white guys. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. That's fucking great. That's but it was. When, uh, when's the when's the when's the uh, new series? Air? So Rockstar, uh, February. I'm not sure if it's. I just tried to look up a premiere date yesterday. I feel like it's around the Super Bowl, but it, it's sometime in February. Um, and uh, and then uh, if there's one other thing I can plug real quick, there's I'm putting on this big show. February 5th to uh, uh, all the proceeds go to Seattle food banks. And um, there's a couple that we're identifying that we're going to do specifically, I think Northwest Harvest and another one called Food Line. But I'm doing a big virtual comedy show. The lineup is Dana Carvey, Joel McHale, uh, Adam Devine, Tom Lennon, my buddy Joey McIntyre from Nuke's on the Block, Sue Bird, the uh, Seattle uh, Storm uh, legend, uh, Thomas Lennon, Eliza, and Ron Funches. And it's all virtual. It's going to be just a big, Zoom comedy show, games, some stand up, whatever. And um, it's February 5th at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I'll be, you know, hosting it and just doing doing this, but with all these people live and trying to make a bunch of money to give to all these food banks. Cause uh just came to my attention through a couple buddies that that work in Seattle of just uh just uh, you know, just some of the hunger issues and uh and I just wanted to, you know, got to a point where I was like, I want to take advantage of uh of um, you know some of these uh, cool people that I'm um, friends with and do and you know give back at, uh, at some point. It would start off as just a, a stand up show for myself, and then I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna what, what stack fucking, the lineup and yeah. What a fucking lineup! What the fuck? Yeah, pretty crazy. And where, and, do, you get, where do they get tickets for it? Oh, so tickets at yeah, <laughs> uh, rushticks.com. Uh, it's uh, the links in my bio on Instagram, but rushticks.com and then Adam Ray and Friends is the name of the show. Um, but uh, but it's all of my Instagram and Twitter, and uh, it's February 5th, 7 p.m. It'll be about a two hour show, you know. And and um, I mean, all those people, you know, live, I mean, most of those people by themselves are really expensive tickets. So for 15 bucks and it goes to charity, it's like fucking it's insane, you know. How far, how long, how long, where are you guys at in the drive? You're in Sacramento? We're in Sacramento right now. And uh, just kind of great taffy town. There's great taffy around there. Oh, Sac, is Sac a taffy town? Old, old Sac is all taffy. I love that. You know, the first, you know, you know, the uh, shout outs to last unlimited. They, I think they're still doing this. When COVID started, they did socially distant tables outdoors. Right. And they gave everyone headsets. So as a comic, you talk directly into the ears of everybody and you could trash people walking by and it that's, was fucking brilliant. Dude, that's fucking, that's brilliant. Actually. I mean, Why I gotta it? be honest with you. One of the funnest times I've ever had, we had motorcycle helmets, me, cowhead, Steve Byrne, Galvin, like the cowhead show. You remember cowhead show? It's now yes. the Mike Calta show, yes. but yes, well, I've, I've known him since he was cowhead and we had motorcycle helmets on in a, in a bar in Ireland doing his radio show through the, through the 
the IFB through the microphones there. And only we could hear each other. And I have never had more fun in my life because we kept them on after the show and kept drinking and trashing everyone. We were crying, laughing, That's crying amazing. with fucking helmets on. I think uh, those motorcycle helmets. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, but so so then how far do you have to drive? So then we'll go, uh we'll we'll kick it here to today and tonight and then um drive to Salem to see my dad tomorrow, which is about eight hours. The drive is uh you know, it's we did last night from LA to SAC, and it was mostly at night, and there was fog. I mean, crazy fog where you're going like 35, 40, and people are whizzing by you, and you're like, you're just fucking dry. I mean, I don't know what you you just must be like. You know what, man? It's not worth it. Let's just drive into this fog, and hopefully, some Care Bears just fucking take us up into the sky. We, uh, I don't know if you've ever been driving. The last time I was on the five, by the way, no joke, was with Brad Williams, and we were driving back from. I think uh, uh, Pleasantville, the um, not Magoobies. What is it? What's up there? There's another club. Um, uh, oh God damn it! If you I Pleasantville, there's and they, you know, they've got like three locations up there. Uh, and uh, fuck, it's um, it's a comedy club, and uh, and it's up there in NorCal. Uh, my fucking what is it? Uh, I I did a weekend. I did a weekend up there. Is that the one that's in Kirkland too? I believe so fuck anyway so we're driving back and a pt cruiser in front of brad and i flips across the freeway right into a ditch we're driving just talking about how how crazy it is that brad's able to reach the fucking pedal and the uh the car just flips across the freeway four lanes into a ditch and we're going still at like 65 and i just go pull over pull over we pull over we get out we're like what the fuck do we do we see the car in the ditch and just instinct, it was like something you saw that you're like, I can't just drive past this. So we get out, people start stopping. It's not too crazy busy. So I was like, Brad, I'm going to call the fuck 911, run across the street and see if they're okay. A, you know, his phone was dead. My phone's all charged up. And B, you know, I just, I don't think anybody would uh, disagree that seeing you run across the freeway right now is uh, just going to boost everyone's uh, mood. And so Brad runs across the freeway. And we see this gal come across the uh, in the driver's seat. She comes around to the back seat and immediately starts forward like, oh, shit, there's a kid back there. So she opens up. The, she's starting to open up the back door to maybe see if this kid, after flipping across the freeway, has maybe, you know, been dismembered. And uh, here's the power of a dwarf running across the freeway. She's literally in a panic, screaming. Someone in the front seat screaming. She comes out of the back seat. She's about to open the door like this. And she just looks and sees Brad coming towards her and just goes. <laughs> and just stops. And wait, looks wait, you cut like, out. You cut out. I missed the fucking punchline. Fuck. Oh, fuck, oh, fuck. You cut out. It literally went. <laughs> By the way, I want everyone to steal that, the that clip. I want everyone to steal that <laughs> clip and plug in whatever horrific words could have come out of this woman's mouth. Oh, my God. I can't believe they stormed the Capitol. I predict. What did she say? So she she just opens the door and turns and does a double take, seeing Brad, and just was like, you know, and you know, didn't say anything, but was like, that's not something you see every day. With her face, basically saying her kid possibly could have been just detached from its body in the back seat, but Brad running across the freeway still caught her attention more than just trying to see it. Like oh, she kind of looked. Great. And then Brad and then Brad started joking later. He was like, I was going to say that I was like the ghost of her child running towards her, but I thought that was too much. 
I thought she was going to say, oh, my God, what are you running across the street for? How did you get over there? Oh, wait, you're still wait. Oh, you're someone else. My bad. That's oh, and then Brad goes, if he's stuck, I can crawl into small spaces. <laughs> quick, quick inside the glove compartment. He's in there. Brad's like, good thing. These little hands can get all the way in. Oh, man. Brad once we were sitting. Uh, he somehow won these courtside seats to a Laker game. And we're sitting there and I go, Brad, first of all, we got to go over a couple of ground rules. I go kiss cam. He goes, I'm in. I go, great. I go, I go, because we are going to be courtside. I go, and now dance cam. I go, do we choreograph something? Do we just feel out the moment? He goes, feel out the moment. So guess what? Dance cam starts happening. Brad stands up. This is right after, by the way, we had vitamin waters in front of us. And Brad, all of a sudden, we're sitting there. And he just, with his feet, grabs the vitamin water and chucks it up to himself and catches it. And out of the corner of my eye, I just turn over and I go, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I go, I've been friends with you for 10 plus years. I've never seen you toss a drink to yourself with your feet. And he's like, yeah, man, I got a lot of tricks nobody knows about. He goes, what did you want me to do? Get off the chair? That'll take 10 minutes. <laughs> so Get so there, drink the water. Wait till it sits. Jump. <laughs> so the dance game starts happening and Brad just goes crazy. Gets out of his chair, goes crazy. And the whole Staples Center is just building with anticipation because everyone sees him and they haven't cut to him on the Jumbotron yet. Finally, they do. Bert, the place erupted like the Lakers won the championship. And Brad was a celebrity after. And every, and it was on all the sports outlets and sports center. And and uh, we had met Chris Pratt uh, earlier that time. We had followed him into the bathroom to try to get him on the podcast. And Brad was at the urinal with him. And, and Pratt was using the little one. And Brad walks in and goes, just your luck. You're at the midget urinal. And a midget walks in. <laughs> and Chris Pratt was like, starts laughing. is like, holy shit. And then, and then, uh, and then Chris Pratt, I guess, was like, this is like one of those Southwest Airlines commercials, <laughs> you know? And, uh, <laughs> and so then he was texting us like, holy shit, Brad's dancing was unbelievable. And everyone's hitting me up being like, dude, why were you just sitting there fist pumping behind Brad? Why weren't you getting up dancing too? And I go, cause nobody goes, Hey, who's that guy dancing behind the dancing dwarf? <laughs> I go, the only thing that trumps dancing dwarf is more dancing dwarf. Uh, or but dancing. he was. He was a rock star, dude. Everywhere we went afterwards, like out of Staples Center, it was probably the closest I'll ever be or experience to walking around with a, like a Beatle or Bieber or somebody that is just insane. Like everyone was like, hey, man, saw you on the Jumbotron. And then also people were like, love your comedy, listen to you on cable, whatever, you know, and yeah. saw your special. But it, it was such great grassroots marketing for him just for a night, you know. Oh, but uh, anyway. Well, dude, this has been a great podcast. I think we're at two hours now. So thank you. Dude, bro, this this rules, man. I think we got a there are a lot of hearty laughs and a lot of fun stories, man. Uh -oh. And Jesus, it's just good to see your face. Dude, I enjoy the drive up. But my daughters want to go so badly. They want to go up to uh Washington. Oh, really? The They're like, let's just get a Winnebago and make a slow drive up and get a cabin up there. And I was like, eh, what my Leanne has been a big stickler about uh following the rules. Like she's like, and, and I look, so, I think yeah. everyone is, but it's like she's been a real stickler about like because I was like, not to say that I'm, I'm very socially minded, but yes, at one point I was like, fuck it. I can't be in this house. Let's go to fucking, let's go to Colorado and go skiing for yes. a month. Like yes. we're going to be here. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's go to fucking Utah, go to park city for a month. Yeah. We'll get an Airbnb. We'll just ski every day. And yeah, Leanne's like, no, we're not doing it. She was like, our go government said, we need to stay at home. We need to stay at home. And then recently she was like, she was like, maybe if we can find a sensible road trip where cool. we 
where we and Georgia wants to go to school up, uh, go to college up where up in north, up north in like Washington or Oregon. Oh, great. There's a lot. Yeah. of. I mean, dude, University of Washington is a great school, dude. Really? Um, oh, yeah. I mean, look, it, when you when and if you make that trip, by the way, driving up, it's a nice drive and summertime for sure. There's so many great places to stop along the way. But when you do make that trip, and I know, you know you've been to Washington a bunch, but you know I'll map out some cool shit for you. But please, uh, I'll hit because Georgia wants to go to school up there. So I told her, I said, listen, I'm she can't get this through her head, but I'm like, I'm supportive of whatever you want, but I want to show you all of it. I want you to go. She thinks she hears that and goes, oh, you want to talk me out of it? And I was like, no, I want you to go up and go. Oh, this is what a small school looks like up there. This is what a totally. big school looks like. Yep. I want, you, got, like, you got both want, sides. Yeah. Living in the city, like living out of the city. Like it's gorgeous. I, man, I had to say, I, you know, in a, we had a college conference, college co- counselor conference. There it is. And, uh, and I was like, I've been all over this country and I know how great that area of the country is. It is yep. unmatchable. I mean, honestly. Oh yeah. And they're keeping, uh, you know, like they're just about to. I'm supposed to be at Tacoma Comedy Club in February, and I'm hoping that the phase that it looks like they're about to enter will, you know, uh, will, will hold up so that I can do those shows. But it, they're, you know, it's better than L.A. And again, just wanting to see fam. And, and oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's look, important. My, look, we toured across the country uh, four times this quarantine during this pandemic, yeah, man. And it's, it's, I've never been safer. I've never been safer when then when you're with your people in your vehicle and yeah. your bubble and you go into the hotel out of the yes. hotel into the car up to the thing and like i said we did this whole christmas a whole december and january we've been quarantining with my family and then my sisters and and because my parents were out here yeah and there is a safe way to do it i mean granted trust me when i say there was a definite scare when i podcasted with dr drew and then he tested positive oh, and yeah. i was like oh fuck i just killed my whole family Oh no. Oh, I was terrified, man. I yeah. fucking it becomes very real. It the, the, you know, know, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And when I am that way, link, I got fucking I lost my shit. Fuck, dude. We're fine. Well, I podcasted with him for, you know, an hour and a half and I guess I didn't get it. Uh that's great. And yeah. I just feel like you're you're uh I don't know, man. Your body's you're just I feel like there's nothing you can I feel like you could get COVID and gonorrhea and you'll just come out on top always. Dude, on that podcast with Dr. Drew, I kept telling him I'm indestructible. You are I'm indestructible. You and then are, all of a sudden he calls the next day, he's like, I tested positive for COVID. We're gonna test that out. And I was like, Oh fuck. <laughs> oh, God. I was like, not today. By the way, I gotta say real quick before we wrap up, you're um in the basketball uh, uh, game with you and Tommy, which obviously uh, ends unfavorably, but dude, did not realize how much athletic prowess you have in the game of basketball. I did, which is why. And I heard you. Uh, I think it was a few nights ago. I don't know what pod I was listening to, where you were like, after I posted and started talking hoops, you're like, everybody was hitting me up, and I was like, oh, I was one of those guys. <laughs> I definitely. Oh, oh. Uh, dude, Rick Glassman was like, excuse me, yeah. where the fuck is my name in this? I yeah. legit play basketball. He does legit play basketball. And your assessment is pretty accurate. I, you know, we had a comedy basketball league going uh, about uh, maybe, maybe seven, eight years ago. And, um, you know, there's comedy store team. There's an improv team. My team was like me, Paul Morrissey, who Paul Morrissey is. Paul something fucking, ball. Is ball. Jeff Keith. Remember Jeff Keith? He is a baller, yes. dude. We had Brian Moot, Jeff Dye, myself. 
uh, and a few other guys and Ari Shafir. Ari and I actually were just messaging back and forth because Ari on some podcast was like, he goes, Adam Ray, he goes, they were talking about Jews they had on the podcast. He goes, Adam Ray, Jew. He goes, also a fucking ball hog. And he goes, this guy, every time in the post would get it, forcing shots, putting him up like we're all open. He's just forcing up whatever. So I sent him a message instead of trying to make a public beef thing. And I go, I, and I start, I go, Ari, I go, I go, first of all, I go, you were always so visibly stoned that we had to shoot because I don't know if you remember one time you took nine steps before you did a layup. <laughs> he, did, he literally did it. He, it was the funniest I've ever seen. He just like, I mean, seven or eight steps, which it's one and a half for a layup. And he uh, and then finishes and scores and the ref goes travel and Ari still goes, are you serious? <laughs> and he starts laughing about it. And he was like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I was pretty fucked up. I go, but Ari, you were a good garbage man. You got a lot of good rebounds and putbacks. Good garbage man. Oh, yeah. But we had Santino on the team. Dude, our, there's a lot of guys. And, uh, and you know, Brad and I played in the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game in 2019 yeah. in Charlotte. And, uh, and you know, uh, had nine points, took a charge, uh, fucking took an elbow from Dr. Oz. Uh, but, but yeah, man, I, hearing you talk hoops gets me so fired up. Glassman, Glassman told me he got kicked out of a league one time. Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I screamed at a wheelchair ref during that comedy basketball league. I mean, it got tense, man. It was like, people were, people were just really, uh, it was great because you got, you know, it was everything, whatever you were outside of that game, it was like basketball mattered. And it was, that's, what's kind of great about it. But if you are seriously trying to organize something at some point, that is a great uh, idea. But I will I never play basketball ever again in my life. After watching what happened to Tom to go up to a dunk, I will never. I said, he goes, he in the, in the transport, medical transport, he looked at me and he goes, I'm never going to play basketball again. He's broken leg, broken arm in a wheelchair, strapped in and real upset. He goes, I'm never going to play basketball again. And I went, what? And he goes, I'm never going to be able to play basketball again. And I went, hey, Tom, I'm never playing again. And he goes, <laughs> You didn't get hurt. And I go, I know. And that's why I will never play again. And he was yeah. like, really? He goes, I may never jump again. I go, Tom, I'm done jumping also. <laughs> I go, if I can't reach it, fuck it. <laughs> I don't fucking need it. Yeah, I didn't need those Rice Krispies anyway. Yeah, I, I know. I know, man. It's when you're not getting paid for it and you're doing it and it's just like fun. It's like Delia used to tell me that when I was playing, he was just like, because uh, I broke my ankle and shattered. I had to get it re-put back together from an outdoor game. Sam Tripoli tossed me a ball. I turned the wrong way, snapped like a tree branch, swelled up. It was the worst feeling ever. And, uh, and Chris was, I remember he was just like, are you getting paid? And I was like, no. He's like, why are you playing? And I was like, because it's fun. He goes, it's a lot of stuff that's fun. We're not going to break your ankle at an, at a, at an uneven uh, cement court middle school in uh, Beverly Hills. So it's, I hear you, man. It's like, Wait, you just, did, Delia, did Delia ever play basketball? No, but I think he's got some, he's got, I think he played baseball. Cause we used to joke about like eighties and nineties baseball players back and forth yeah. and uh, like rapping to each other. Like, you know, Tim Raines, Todd Z, like just like the names like that, <laughs> just naming all these guys and leaving each other messages. And I was like, Oh, you know, a lot. He's like, yeah, man, I played baseball up until this point. I don't think basketball just seeing how he moves, I, I don't know, but I feel like baseball, yeah, he could probably like hit and throw okay. I think Delia would be a, a, a good athlete. I think yeah. he's got I bet a like a track athlete. guy. I bet like a like a, a high jumper. No, but he's a, got he's got an awkward enough like you you could see him being a pitcher, you know? Or oh, like yeah. his body would work awkwardly and throw fast. That's actually yeah, dude. He could be if they do like a new rookie of the year. Remember that movie where his arm breaks yeah. and then he throws it <laughs> throws yeah. it from the outfield. 
by the way, I mean, I love that movie just because of the Disney. Like he rears back from center field and 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 yeah, yeah, huh? and then throws it, and all his buddy goes is like, "Sweet sassy molasses," or like you know some Disney version of "Holy fucking shit!" Like what you know, it was like funky butt loving or whatever he said, you know. <laughs> I like being the come from out of nowhere athlete where everyone's like, wait, you can actually play tennis. Like, oh, yeah, I played tennis against Tom and I aced him maybe 21 times. And Tom wow. was like, oh, yeah, I legit can play tennis. And but I can legit serve. I have like what his coach said That's is impressive. I have a division one college serve. Holy shit. And so. So, yeah, so, but I can't. But as far as the rest of my game is horrible, but a serve, right. I can just unleash and it's. <laughs> unreturnable yeah, and so well, Tom that, just sat there like I can't I, he, I just I just beat him on service and so amazing. he was like every other game was like oh yeah just wait till someone fucks up but I love being that guy I love being the, come from out of nowhere you're the Pete Sampras of comedy hey I'm the I'm the, I'm the uh what did someone call me the other day <laughs> fuck fuck oh, or, Agassi, or Agassi that guy won tournaments while he was on meth but have you read that guy's book uh, yeah, I bought it. I bought it. No, I bought it. I haven't read it. I, okay. I'm not a big book reader. That's why Me I stayed on Twitter yesterday when everyone started fucking you. You posted one thing and everyone's like, stay your politics. Stay. You've been on the fence making money off both sides long enough. You state your politics. And I was like, fuck Jesus off. Christ. Yeah, man. They went after Burr. I saw some girl go after Burr and I was like, I wanted to reply to her. Honey, he will never read this. And then wanted to retweet her and go, hey, guys, someone's looking for a fight. Can anyone help out here? Because you know that Twitter would just eat her alive. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, am I good? Did I, did I snap out? You know, either that or you had a stroke and started laughing hysterically in the middle of it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you're good. All right, we should probably wrap this up. I have yeah, a yeah. call that I'm five minutes late for. I'm so sorry. Bert, I love you. Thanks for having me. I love um, you, brother. Safe travels up to, uh, up to Seattle. And, I appreciate uh, it. And, I appreciate uh, and I'll talk it. to you when you get back. Good luck on the series, and let me know so I can promote it on the podcast. Uh, that'd be awesome, man. That that uh, the the, uh, the February fifth show is the big one that uh, yeah. that that Seattle one. But dude, this was a blast. You're the best. Thanks for laughing. Awesome, brother. I'll see you, buddy. All right, love you. Take care. You too. Bye bye. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.